Okay. So. Downtime episode. Hooray. And ordinarily, I like to ask who wants to go first, which one do you want? But I actually have a very specific order today for our events. Okay. Save me from the burden of choice. So, Grant Harrison. Yes. I believe you have a research project going on involving a particularly difficult sword. Yeah, so I... Grant Harrison am instead trying to research how to get everybody else to see the Pale Rider's fucking awful invisible sword that only I can see. Right. That will help with everybody living. Very much so, probably. Now, here's the deal. Is you have, in fact, previously shared your Vox and I with other people. Yes. Specifically, Ashley. Yes. The thing is, though, I don't want to share the Vox and I because Grant is worried that if he shares the Vox and I, then everybody who shows up into the fight with the Vox and I, Idol will be able to do what they did to me and just get in their brain and just stop them from doing stuff. And that is also not ideal. No, that's bad. Yes. The problem is, Grant Harrison, is that... You've never not had a Vox and I, because you were, admittedly, a pretty shitty wizard to begin with. You're still a shitty <laughs> wizard now. I'm still but a shitty wizard now, but yeah. You were an astronomically shitty wizard previously. You had zero potential. You couldn't do more than conjure ice cubes before you stole Tarira's power. And it was only at that point that Sifuho was actually able to teach the third eye. So you don't know what a regular third eye is like. You have no experience. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go to someone else. And you know who I haven't visited in a while that might want to help out with that whole problem? Oh, he might ask questions of. Never mind. I was going to be like, I'm going to go to John and see if John can help that. But John will probably ask questions. So John could probably ask questions, but you can dance around them. John will ask, why do you never call? Actually, yeah, let's go to John. Let's let's, let's get John back into the story for a little bit. Bitchin'. I love that guy who hasn't come up since fucking I don't know when. God, it was... Before Sifu Ho was like, hey, I want to initiate you into my secret society. And Grant was like, thanks, but no thanks. You know what it was? The last time he showed up was when you first got the sword and took it over to his place to show it off. Yeah. Yeah. When I when the sword first got started getting magic powers and he's like, oh, let me see. I'm like, OK, fine. The character that hasn't shown up in literal in game and out of game months. No, I. Imagine that Grant keeps in keeps in touch with him. It's just that it hasn't been story relevant for him to do so until now. No, no, it's the law of narrative. The law <laughs> of conservation of narrative mass. If somebody isn't on screen, they cease to exist. 
There is no such thing as object permanence in a tabletop RPG. Except in one case where whenever he's not on the screen, everybody should be asking, where's Poochie? <laughs> I get that, that reference. <laughs> I... <laughs> Fuck Poochie. Fuck Poochie. So yeah, you can give John a ring. Yes. Well, are you going to give him a ring or are you going to give him a text? Um. I'll give him a ring because it's probably more polite to ask, "Hey, I have an, I have a problem. You want to like come to my place, eat some pizza and help me with my problem?" Right on. What kind of millennial are you? You can reveal to him that you have via your parents discovered a pizza place that is New York authentic. Yes. He'll probably be like, yeah, you didn't know about that place. <laughs> so yeah, he'll, uh, he'll show up. All right. I will show him in. I've already ordered pizza. It's up to you if it's come here or not. And I know somebody is going to laugh. So you're welcome for this. I will show him my weasel. Okay. Because even though I like to say that he is, uh, he's, we've kept in touch whenever I'm like, not doing other stuff. He probably actually hasn't come over. So, because, you know, why would he? Eh, that's, that's fair. Otis is still very tiny, and so yeah. is a little nervous about yes. new person. I will tell John, like, eventually, eventually he'll come around. It's fine. Eh. He's a little shy, but he's not that shy. If you say so, I'll... I'll treat him like he's a cat and just not acknowledge his existence until he's ready to acknowledge mine. That's probably for the best. So, he flops down on the couch. What can I do you for? Alright, so there's some stuff that I need to do for my friends to help them see invisible things. And the problem is I can't use my third eye because my third eye is a Voxen eye. I'm not sure if you know what that means because that, that never came up in my training. I have no fucking clue what that is. I will briefly brief him on the uh, mechanics of the Voxen eye. Because you, the player, don't know what they are, so you're not going to say it out well, loud. I, I mean, it's part of that and part, like, I don't think the listeners need to hear it again. All right. And because of that, I don't know what it's like having a normal third eye. So I kind of need your help with this invisibility problem because you have a normal one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're giving this to other people. This is a monster hunting thing, isn't it? It is a monster hunting thing. Yes. Okay. So I'm guessing there's a whole bunch of like non-magic people on this job. Yeah. And like even with the other magic caster, I kind of want to give her this thing just in case. I don't know if she could be able to she would be able to see it or not. So we need at least four pairs of whatever we decide to do. Probably, like, buy some cheap-ass sunglasses and enchant them or something. What, you're not gonna make some up for the rest of the California conglomerate? 
Oh, shit, that's right. I forgot about the rest of the California conglomerate. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, that, that object permanence. Yeah, well, object permanence. And I forgot that they were actually going to be going along with us in the final battle. Um, so, yeah. No, no, they're all working off screen as well. Okay, that's good. So instead of four pairs, I will say four plus however many California ravens there are pairs. Which is why we need to go, which is why we can't get sunglasses, hut set sunglasses. Those are too expensive. We need to go to Walmart and buy like the cheap ass $5 sunglasses that break real easy. Yeah, because there's 15 California Ravens outside of the SoCal group. I'm not spending $2,000 on sunglasses. <laughs> Just call it a business expense. This is true. It could be a business expense. Would Emory approve of two thousand dollars worth of sunglasses? They would probably ask that you buy something less expensive. <laughs> Years later, after Grant went back to New York, training while training a new uh, California Raven, Emory would show them the glasses and be like, uh, "This was made by a really uh, sh- shitty wizard I used to know." <laughs> Grant's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. You can talk about me like I'm here. I used to know you. I still know you, but I used to know you too. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we'll... Buy fucking 20 pairs. Probably 25, just to test out in case some of them don't work out. Yeah, a couple of rhinestone shades and a couple cheap sunglasses. Mm-hmm. It's... <sighs> It's it's going to be weird going because you are effectively attempting to learn a spell that you already know, but slightly different. It's one of those weird things where my muscle memory keeps getting in the way. Yeah. So just to get a little bit of a mechanical thrust to this, how about you give me a weird roll at like a minus one? Okay. I still haven't bumped up my weird to three. That's... Oh, okay. That's a choice. It's a seven. All right. So you're not failing because you do have the theory of the third eye understood. It's just the problem is, is you don't know how to make it work without fey magic. And that's precisely what you don't want to do. Right. So I, I look at John and it's like, I, I keep doing it. It's just like fucking muscle memory, man. Mm, okay. Um, all right. How about this? How about this? How about... Oh, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know you don't use wands anymore, but... I've actually been doing some researching into alternative wands, and I found out that you don't have to just use, like, sticks and staves and orbs and crystals and shit like that. Okay. You can, in theory, use basically anything. Now, not anything is good to use, but you can, in theory, use anything. Huh. So I've, I've had I've had a thought 
about how to teach people magic. And it relates to that. And that's... I'm going to try and use you as my wand. Okay. That sounds weird. Sure, why not? I'm just... It's, it shouldn't hurt. It will probably feel weird, but I think that if I cast the spell through you, you should be able to get a feel for it. I mean, John, to be fair, you did see me, like, electrocute myself when I was stealing the magic from Tarira. Sure. Not a lot has hurt more than that. I don't want to do that to you, though. That's appreciated. Thank you. But yeah, okay, let's do it. I'll let you know if it hurts too much. (laughs) All right, so... The safety word is watermelon. (laughs) I'm the GM. I don't roll. So you're going to have to roll for me. Okay. What I actually want you to roll is I want you to roll to be a good wand. So... Weird? Yeah. Okay. This is extraordinarily weird. This is extremely weird. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, that's a six. Hmm. You know, I would think that Grant would be good at rolling to be a tool. <laughs> You'd you. think, but uh, uh, the dice say otherwise. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you a choice of how this works. I'm going to ask you either this doesn't work or it works, but you're going to take a harm that follows you into the next hunt. Uh, I really, really would prefer to kill the final boss and live through it. So I will take the harm. Okay. So John, as you stand up and he steps behind you and he puts his hand on your back and he casts the third eye opening spell on himself through you and you feel it like course through your entire body and then sort of whip back around into his forehead and in the moments that it is coursing through you you have a sort of epiphanous moment of oh that's what I'm doing wrong I'm just getting like the color wrong in my head something like that. I'm thinking orange, but I should be thinking blue. Yeah, basically. And it doesn't quite stick the first time, so he has to do it a couple more times, and it gets a little bit easier every time. You get a little more sure of yourself every time, until eventually... Until eventually, you just have it memorized how to do a regular ass third eye that pause by the way was fucking chloe what is octarine i'm it's, sorry it's a reference to uh to it's the color of world magic. it's the color of, it's the literal color of magic okay <laughs> sure only wizards can see it and they would describe it as sort of a green understood so Congratulations, Grant Harrison. You've, after all this time, you have finally learned how to cast Third Eye the regular way. The good way. The way that doesn't make me see horrible ghosts all the time. And I'm not going to make you roll to enchant 
glasses because you already know how to do that. It just takes a while. Yeah. However, there is the problem that you don't know if this actually works. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is an issue. We're going to have to get fucking like later on we're going to have when me and Chloe are doing stuff, I'm going to have to ask to see if she can get her horrible bosses over with their invisible swords and wear some of these so that way we can figure out if it actually did work. Well, I mean, Roxanne can see the true forms of people possessed by people from Elysium, but she can't see uh, the sword. (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah. Hmm. There is an easy way to test this. What, just have John go invisible and me wear the glasses? Well, that would just tell you that it could see John's invisibility. True. So what am I missing here? There is an option under use magic. If you'll open up the PDF for a moment. Oh, God, I forgot to do that. Shit. I know. That's why I'm busting your nuts about it. (laughs) Oh, I see this. Summon a monster into the world? Nope. Oh. Uh. You are specifically trying to make sure that you can see one thing in particular. Oh, do one thing that is beyond human limitations. No. Oh. Come on, Colin. You what? do this one a lot. You are bad. <laughs> what are you trying to see? The invisible. So- um. Oh, observe another place or time? There we go. Okay. I knew you'd get there. Okay, yeah. Shit. I used that one. I used that one like twice. I feel like you've used it a lot. I use trapping more than I use. Uh, you haven't. You haven't done any scrying recently, right? But you, you used to do it quite a lot. It's a nine. Which glitch do I want? Take a arm. No, I, I've already <laughs> taken one harm. I'm not taking a second one. The effect is of short duration, so I'm basically only going to get a split second to see if this works or not. Okay, so how do you scry? You've said you've talked about scrying in various ways in the past. How are you doing it this time? I'm doing it this a similar way that I did the last time I scryed on Idol. I'm basically plugging up a sink filling it with water, waiting it for it to go completely still, and then looking into it. Presumably keeping John out of the room yeah, just to be uh, safe. Yeah, uh, I will tell him, don't be in here when I do this. <laughs> Alright. So, the mists of scrying fill the surface of the water. And it clears, and... As it does, Adol is looking directly at you. All right, I don't acknowledge him at all. I am wearing the glasses, though. In a bit. (laughs) And he has a kind of, are you fucking kidding me with this one look on his face? (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at him with the glasses on. Do I see the sword? I want you to roll me act under pressure. Okay. I've been rolling like hot hot garbage all night, so... Of course the thing I have a zero in, I roll a ten. That's a ten. Yeah. Nice. All right. He... The the two of you have like a staring contest for a moment. 
and then he just kind of looks exasperated, and then he takes a step back from the perspective of your scrying, and he raises his hand, and you see the sword follow it up. Uh, before he presumably severs the connection, uh, no, right before he doesn't look like he is winding up for oh. a swing. He's like he's raising it so that oh. so the points down, and he just looks kind of exasperated with you. Like this isn't a strike; he's showing it to you. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll go. Thanks, and hang up. <laughs> I, I, just, I just like splash the water, and that's how I hang up, and then just like shove my hand in there to dr- to drain it. Did you just say click? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yes. And then, Grant Harrison. Hmm. That doesn't actually that work doesn't when I am work. in here all the in time. Here all the time. <laughs> I don't acknowledge him. Uh, and then I go, I go to John and I go, it works. <laughs> well... I'm glad to hear that. Now, that felt really weird, so I'm going to claim a majority of this pizza. That is 100% fair. And then the two of you can eat some authentic New York pizza and just chill out for the rest of the day. And eventually Otis comes up and starts, like, trying to play with John. Yes. He's a shy boy, but once he gets to know you... Owner's guest is eating food with owner. That means owner's guest is okay. Time to (laughs) sniff. (laughs) All right. I'm going to update the Pale Rider problem then. So... Dr. Edwin Steiner. Yo. By which I mean Grant Harrison. (laughs) Okay. You are presently sitting in an airport waiting for a plane to depart to Argentina. When you get a text message from Ashley Arias saying, I don't know why you're leaving the country right now, but I need you to give my phone number to Dr. Steiner and have him contact me as soon as he can. I go, oh my gosh, she's insufferable. Okay, uh, so I'll reply fine with her, and then I will text Steiner and be like, hey, Steiner, this is Ashley's number. She needs you to get in touch with her for some reason. I'm not asking why. <sighs> I mean, I can take a solid guess at why. Uh, so, yeah. I'll fire a text at Ashley. I'm assuming this is about your hand. It absolutely is about my hand. Right. Let's see. Alright, let me just double check the rules on something. No, 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 because Morton lives there. Even Because one of the things my lab has is like completely untraceable even the other hunters can't find it unless I lead them there. Right. And I feel like that would apply to Ashley, but also Morton and, you know, Gregory live there, so it's like, I don't want to bring her in the lab. Well, okay, you can have Morton 
stay at Emery's place for however long it's going to take. And then, I don't know, maybe Gregory is just your, like, computer assistant. You don't have to say what's up. If, if he even talks, you can just ask him to keep his mouth shut for a few hours. Yeah, but just, it's just like I, in character, feel like this, like, I thought Steiner would not willingly show Ashley the lab. I mean, fair. If you want to have... Oh, you know what you could do? If you don't want to show her, like, the outside of it, she knows about Emery's house, and she knows that you presumably have some sort of, like, teleporter there or something. That's fair, yeah. We gotta figure out where to put Morton, then. Yeah? I mean, like, she's fairly chill about stuff, but, like, still, if she didn't need to know... Morton can just Morton. wear his glamour. Oh, yeah, Morton does have a glamour. Oh, yeah, we've got that now. We have the completed advanced glamour from Morton. Okay, so Morton wears glamour. Gregory just pretends to be more of a robot. Uh, just It's like, it's if Emery and Magpie are cool with Ashley taking a shortcut through the house... They, they say that they're just going to, like, open up the garage and let her come in through there. Okay, so ahead of time, I've informed Morton and Gregory that this is happening, so disguises respectively on. Mm-hmm. And you can set the day and time teleport into Emery's garage, wait around until you hear someone knock on the garage door. When you open it up, it's Ashley. Ah, well, honestly did not expect this day to ever come, but um, follow me if you would. Absolutely. And I flick on the little teleporter, which I have probably taken the time to like since Ashley now knows about this, just add a little safety protocol, so... It can't be hacked or operated by anybody you don't want it to. Yeah. Uh, after you? She looks a little nervous. I promise, uh, if I wanted to just disintegrate you, it would be... Well, actually, this would be a great way to do it, but this is not. This is just a teleportation. This is actually the first time you've seen her look genuinely nervous about anything. If you want, I can explain how it works. I feel like that would only confuse me further. Mm, well, let's give a um, very simple explanation. So let's imagine that um, A-side, as you call it, is a gigantic room full of lots and lots of doors. And if you go in one of those doors, you always exit out of that same door. I don't quite know why that happens, but that's the way it is. It's what... Uh, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. So, I've basically kind of made a tunnel through that big room, and so now I can have... Uh, a door that goes from one point to a different, entirely different point on, you know, it, it... I'm doing a bad job of explaining this. I I think I get what you're saying, though. Yes. I'm sure the particulars of it would go way over my head, but I think I understand the metaphor. Right, okay. 
point being, we're just kind of sort of traveling through A-side or the Fair Wilds, whatever you want to call it today. I only ever call it the one thing. <laughs> well, I, I I call it the thing. It's, it's, A-side is fine. Anyway, point being, it's just taking a shortcut, basically. Don't worry about it. You're not being pulled apart molecule by molecule and put together back on, like on Star Trek or anything. It's just taking a walk through a hallway, if you want to think about it like that. Just a very, very thin and flat one. Okay. Um, sure. And she takes a couple of breaths and visibly steals herself, and then is this like... Is this a pad? Is this like a Star Trek transporter pad that you step on and you get decomposed and then recomposed elsewhere? Is this like a physical tunnel? I think of it more like, like and it's just like a hallway. Like, um, it's both infinitely long but infinitely flat, if that makes any and all sense. All right. So it isn't instantaneous. There is a couple seconds of travel time. More or less, yeah. You are traveling through a physical space. You're just doing it, like, very... It's the, the physical space is incongruous with yeah, the like, real world. In Feywild, in the Feywilds, it's a couple feet. In the real world, it's, like, 20 or 30 miles. Yeah, something like that. All right. So, she walks through the tunnel and comes out the other side. I presume you follow her through. Ah, so welcome to my mad scientist lab. She's just kind of looking around. She said, it's a lot more restrained than I thought it would be. Well, we're underground. I have, I can only build so much. I was more referring to the aesthetics. You, You put out a very, like, tubes of lightning feel. I don't know what I would do with tube lightning other than just power stuff. Ashley just kind of shrugs at that. I mean, if I could contain and main... If I could generate and maintain plasma, I'd have basically an invented fusion, so that would be a hell of a thing. Take your word for it. I don't actually know much about science writ large. All right, all right. Uh, so let's get a couple of introductions out of the way. Um, that over there, the large fellow is Morton. He is my assistant. He does a lot of the physical creation. Hello. And Ashley sort of quirks her head at that. Like, she doesn't quite believe that that's true, but she's just willing to let it ride. She doesn't want to start shit today of all days. And she says hello to Morton back. And then we have uh, Gregory, who is just kind of everywhere here. Hello. It is a pleasure to finally meet you. I have heard many things about you. And Ashley kind of jumps the first time Gregory speaks. Like she wasn't quite expecting he's everywhere to be a literal statement. But after she, like, taps on her heart a couple of times, she says, yeah, um, I bet none of it was pleasant, but I guess it's good to meet you, too. (laughs) (sighs) 
you're kind of on edge about all of this, and I suppose that's understandable. I just didn't expect you, to, of all people, to be skittish. Well, and I hope you won't take this the wrong way, but typically when I walk into my enemy's home turf, I am armed and can tell backup where to go to help if I need it. That's fair, I suppose, but we have, um, for lack of a better term, a gentleman's agreement, I think. Sure. I'm just, I'm a little on the back foot right now, and I'm very not used to that. I, I understand the trepidation, but, um, that being said, it's all the more reason to get this done quickly. Sure. So, what do you need from me? How are we doing this? Ah, well, for starters, I have just, um... I've got sort of a model mostly done. I just need some sizing to be finished up. So, if you would step over here, I'm going to do a um, 3D scan of your left hand and try to flip the measurements for that to try to get it as accurate to what your right hand would have been as possible. Sure. I don't suppose you still have the right hand? Just, or did you dispose of that? We have it on ice. I didn't think to bring it with me. And it's alright. Um, your left hand and your right hand usually... I'll have the same length of fingers and all that. It's just going to be a matter of flipping the measurements a little bit. And So, um, again, so 3D scanner, just do that quickly. She'll pop her hand in there and the machine will hum for a bit. Alright. This isn't taking a copy of my fingerprints or anything, is it? It's not that detailed. Okay. I'm just trying to get measurements here. Okay. Honestly, I believe your fingerprints would probably be a matter of public record if you are a government servant, isn't it? Um, if I wanted your fingerprints, I could pull them a million different ways, honestly. You're probably right. It just doesn't hurt to be sure. It's fair. So, did you personally have any thoughts on how you want your prosthesis to work? Are we... Attachment is a question. Are we looking at um, something that straps on and is controlled via other means, or are we looking at full prosthesis? Because, uh, I don't need to tell you this, mine are a little bit more advanced than what you find on the market. Of course. I, I think the big part is going to be what are you willing to give me? Because I would like as functional of a hand as I could possibly have. Well, that's very simple. I just... It's going to be fully functional. I've perfected that part. I'm not going to give you, like, a laser cannon in your hand. That's... Well... We're not friends. I don't think I would want that, because I would be tempted to use it, and then I would have to explain where I got a robotic hand with a laser cannon in it to the rest of my unit. And I don't think there's any explanation I could possibly conjure that wouldn't get me fired. That's fair, but still, it is incredibly convenient. 
well, in this line of work at least. Not sure so much other fields. I don't think NASA has much use for a hand cannon. Not yet they don't, but in a few years they're going to discover that the moon's haunted. <laughs> that, that's not in character. No, it's not. <laughs> I was just thinking of bare bones for Cesis that can be disguised. Well, everyone's going to know you have a fake hand, but you look like it to look... I can't do perfect realistic flesh, but just, you know, something that looks at least passing, so you don't have people staring at you, that can be an issue. Or you just want to go full bare metal. I would rather make it discreet if I could. Understandable. And about attachment. So... See, let me show you here, and I'll make a roll the sleeve up and just show how this attaches. Like, it is physically joined to my flesh, like Deus Ex kind of bullshit. Yep, 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 yep. So we can do um, this, which is um, well, a bit more of a permanent solution, but is um, more manageable uh, in a sense. I imagine you don't want something like what you had previously, which I think you were controlling with your toes. I was controlling that with my toes, yes, and no. And I imagine you want to lose as little of the rest of your arm as possible. We will have to... I I don't... I don't have any special attachment. And she has, like, a weird look on her face as she says this to my flesh. I just... Hmm. I want it to work. I want as much functionality as I can get. Well, that actually does simplify things because it's much easier to build an elbow joint than a wrist. They are, well, something that would attach to a wrist and still function as a wrist is more complicated. So, um, for looking at the forearm down, that's much easier. That just attaches at the joint and just functions. I can include um, good power source in there. Uh, I've gotten a lot better at these since I had to build the first time, and these days you can just do the maintenance with an Allen wrench. It's quite handy. Uh, I just have to stick it on a charger every once in a while. I should look about patenting and selling my battery tech at some point. Yes, that's far ahead of what all of my research on the subject has led me to believe exists. Well, I, I work well under duress, so... Point being, so if we're not, if we are comfortable with forearm down, we can get started on that immediately. I'll take the measurements for the rest of the arm. I have some basic prototype. I have some basic stuff lying around that I can just repurpose. If you're again, you don't want anything fancy, just a functional arm. Mm, yeah, just want to be able to, you know, do pull-ups with it. I guess I want to be able to shoot my gun without having my arm shatter into a million pieces under the force. These are quite strong and durable, I can assure you. Um, so, uh, it's scanning time. We just need to finish taking the measurements on your forearm there. Just have those done. And once that's done, again, I guess I have a fair amount of arms just sitting around, just back up, so... 
prototypes that didn't quite work out for my purposes, but for yours, probably fine. So let's see if we can save a little bit of time and readjust some of these to work for you. Uh, the hand will have to be custom, what uh, custom size that, though. Um, this might take a couple of days, but... Well... I imagine this is not too much of a concern. Huh? I'm not in too great of a hurry. Well, I imagine you want this done as quickly as possible, but... Yes, but I don't need it done today if you can't have it done today. Um, the technology for same-day pickup is not quite there. I'm working on it, though. <laughs> uh, this will be minor surgery. Don't worry about that. I have... If, well, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable with me doing that, I can... I, I don't think that there's with, um, anybody I would trust more to do this particular bit of surgery. I mean, well, a licensed surgeon would probably prefer, prefer but I'd still need to be present at show them how to do it or to walk them through it if that's what you prefer I mean you've walked into my home I can walk into yours she shrugs I mean it's I've gotten pretty good at it I did have to do it you know with one hand missing the first time so it's I can it, if, I, I, I'm, I'm rambling anyway so let's see so you've already stated that you wanted to be more or less as human-looking as possible. So, again, I mostly deal in engineering, so I don't have the greatest covering technology here, but uh, this here is um, the closest I've gotten so far. We'll need to suit it to your personal skin tone, but it's sort of flesh-like. I mean... It's not going to pass close inspection, but, for, you know, just a passing glance close up and from a distance most people wouldn't be able to tell. Out of curiosity, is it going to pass a handshake test? Probably not. It's, it's going to be cold. It doesn't generate its own heat. Got it. Okay. Basically, Ashley asks for the most realistic thing she can get. Hammer down the details, I take the scans, I reverse the measurements to, tr you know, approximate the right hand and start fabrication. And I lead her the lab. And then the next day, or next couple of days, I don't know. Yeah, you send her home and you spend a couple of days getting this just right. And you call her back in. And you go through the whole rigmarole of picking her up at Emery's again. And this time around, Emery kind of has like a weird look on their face. Like they, they feel kind of weird having a high ranking DHEA agent just come and go through their house on the regular like this. I'm just going to struggle. Like, yeah, I, I fucking know, but they'll allow it. They just don't want it to happen too many more times. But Ashley returns to your lab and is as ready for surgery as she possibly can be, emotionally speaking. Uh, here's the completed prosthesis. Look that over, see that it fits your desires and specifications. She'll look it over and just like, yep, this sure is realistic looking. That's as far as my knowledge extends. I'll trust you with literally everything else. 
I'm just making sure that it's just like no glaring issues that you take issue with before we, you know, commit to this entire thing. I'm going to rule that you are good enough at doing this that nothing looks incredibly fucked. Well, just like personal taste, like skin color a little off, fingers look a little too long, I don't know. See, um, he's what will fit in. Uh, well, um, we, uh, I'm beating around the bush. Um, so I'm just, I, I'm making the assumption that you want to be awake for this, so we're just going to do local anesthetics. It doesn't make a particular difference to me. I have decided to trust that you're not going to kill me in my sleep. Alright, well, um, I'll just give you the choice then. Do you want to be out, or do you want to be awake and, um, either or? Which is easier for you? Hmm, if you're awake, I can have you just test emotions while it's going on, so just... But... It's also kind of an unpleasant process. I... Honestly, both are just perfectly fine. It's your preference. Says, you know, you know what? I'm probably never going to experience anything like this again. Well, hopefully. I, I, yes. I, I kind of want to see it happen. Fair enough. Alright, so let's get you prepped and drugged. Huh? Uh, you didn't eat anything before you came here, as instructed, right? Correct. Okay, the drugs will... They have a tendency to make people nauseous, so... Got it. Alright, so let's get... Um, I'll leave you to... Um, Change into the fucking surgery gown. Yes. Yep. And I've got the table, basically the same situation we had with Emery prepped up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She'll flop down into it and get comfortable. Ah. All right. Can you feel this? I'm going to assume that the correct answer should be no. Yes. Uh, just making sure that you're not... Because... If we start on this before the drugs take effect, it's going to be a bad time for you, so just making absolutely sure. Right, right. So everything numb. Let's just uh, try to get that off. And we go through the whole rigmarole. Amputation, fucking boring out the marrow in her yeah. bone so you can put the root in there. All that good shit. Ah. <sighs> So, uh, since I've had to do this since last time, I've learned a little bit of healing magic, so it should be actually a little bit less traumatic on... So, connect here. Yeah, alright, so that's... Well, I don't want to say stump, that's the uh, attachment point done. Now, I'm going to connect a few bits here. I'm not going to connect it fully, but I'm going to connect it enough that you would have um, control over your fingers. So if you could move your right index finger for me, please. Alright. So, at some point, I'm going to need the roll for I can make you stronger. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I actually have to do that. Well, I mean, I'm not actually... Is that what's happening here? Because I'm not actually making them stronger. I'm just replacing. Yeah, that's true. This isn't an enhancement. You're not making her better. You're just putting her back to normal, more or less. I mean, if you still want to roll... No, I guess it wouldn't require a roll. This is just a thing that you are good at. Yeah. You don't want to end it. And she's not getting any of the bonuses or anything, so she, uh, I don't see why the roll would be necessary. That's a good point. Mm. Alright, so let's do it. Alright, that's good. Um, middle finger, ring finger. So, while you are doing all of these tests and calibrations and everything, at some point, Gregory pipes up. Edwin, I know that you are in the middle of something, but I have found something extremely important, and I thought you might like to know about it immediately. Um, immediately? Like, right now important, or...? It is the code. I, I see. Um, yes, let me finish this up, and then I'll take care of that. Uh, this shouldn't be too much longer. Uh, Alright, so finger control good. Uh, does that feel natural? Everything working? <laughs> Ashley kind of looks at you. <laughs> like, she she is moving. She is doing the tests as you are asking her to, but she also is giving you a look like, oh, there's something happening here. Uh, I promise you it is not happening in your jurisdiction. That is my solemn word. Uh-huh. It is happening in... It's, it's California-related, but it's not happening in your jurisdiction, person. Uh, if you're sure. Alright, All right, so... Can, does that feel natural? Does that feel like natural movement? You should be able to just do this without having to think about it. You know, like a normal hand. Yeah, it's... Fortunately for you, the amputation was so recent that she still has 100% of her muscle memory. So she's able to connect to the prosthesis basically immediately. It does take a little bit of getting used to, but it should kind of just flow like, like, a, like again, a natural part of your body. There's going to be a little bit of a weight difference. That's going to take some getting used to. I've used lightweight materials as I can to try to get this close, but it's not perfect. Uh, and again, so everything seems to be working there. So let's finish this connection and seal that up. Yeah. You get it all hooked up hunky-dory, and she raises her arm up to her face and just kind of looks it over and looks quite pleased. Alright. Good, good. And then she turns to you and says, okay. So what do I owe you? Well, hmm. That's a good question. I had not really given it a lot of thought. I was just mostly wanting... I understand, you know, understand not having the use of your arm is quite a detriment. Um, that's, I'm not 
I'm not doing this free, of course, but... Ah, uh, for the moment, let's call it you owe me. I can live with that. Hmm. All right, so you'll need to charge this. Um, the battery life is pretty good. It's I've gotten pretty good about that. It uses a little bit of a combination of early prototype, early, early stuff. I had to charge like every other hour. It was bad, but these days. You know, between magic and my refined battery technology, you should be able to go about a day, a day and a half before you have to charge it. But I charge it every night regardless. I don't want to run out at the wrong time. Will do. Basically, your maintenance, if you find that your arm is getting kind of screwy, there's um, a little port next to the charger right there, just like right in kind of the center there that yep. opens up. Um, just give that a couple of turns with an Allen wrench and if that doesn't fix it, well, you know where to find me. Well, you don't, actually, but you know people who know how to find me. Right. I have your phone number now. Mm, indeed. Uh, uh, it is pretty well waterproof, but don't go swimming for extended periods, regardless. Understood. Showers should be fine, just like don't take several hour long soaks. I don't normally have time for that anyways. Right. Alright. Well. If that's all. I just need all. And I should probably get out of your hair so you can talk about this mysterious code. Again, it's nothing that, well. Hmm. It's not happening in your jurisdiction. It might be something we have to talk about one day, but not today. Sure. Um, again, I sh- and just to make sure, don't put a lot of stress on this for a couple of weeks. Like, don't go out here and do pull-ups, please. Right. That uh, I have gotten some. I've gotten decent at healing magic, but you still want to take some antibiotics, and again, that's going to take a couple weeks of healing. Because, again, that was just an amputation, so... Of course. Don't go nuts with it. Will do. I will take it as easy as I possibly can. And she will hold out her new hand to shake yours. I shake my... with my robo-hand. (laughs) Robo-handshake. (laughs) <laughs> the far future of 2012. Robot high five. <laughs> and she will, as she said, get out of her hair. You only have to escort her the one last time back through Emery's garage. Uh, while I'm up here, Emery. I mean, I don't think we can ask her to just leave us alone entirely, but can you think of any favors that you would like from the DHEA that we haven't already, you know, besides getting Magpie's dad out of jail, that was a thing. Because uh, she technically owes us one now. Well, that was the I, one, I guess. I think it's going to be smart to hold that for now. Yes, I couldn't think of anything really specific either. This is a pretty big favor you should be able to ask her so this this will yes. be something worth holding I think and um 
So, minor little thing. Not a huge deal, maybe. It... So, Gregory, as I was working on the surgery, um, just came over the intercom and told me that he had found the code, and Ashley overheard that. So I told her that there was not anything she had to be worried about, but that's, you know, she's going to be... Well, you know how she is. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, if if all he said was, I figured out the code, that doesn't really give her anything to go on. So we should be okay. Uh, um, shit, uh, the code. Do you want to go ask about that? Because, fuck. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, let me just... Oh, well, I've, I would have washed my hands before I came out here cleaned up. God, yeah, yeah e- easily. Yeah, the two of you can pop back into your lab. Um, so, Gregory, um, I... We'll talk about your discretion later, but right now, code, yes. What have you found? I apologize. It seemed like such an important thing that you might have liked to know immediately. No, I, I understand that. We'll just, just... It couldn't have waited, like, 30 minutes? I did not know. I felt it was best to err on the side of urgency. That, that's fine. It's, it's not a big deal. Just... So what have we got? My partitioned self has discovered two more phrases in the code. Let's hear them. The first is the blood of the true love, and the second is the blood of the void. The blood of the... Okay, I understand the true love one, but the void is... Am I forgetting something, or is that just not making any sense to you either? I do not know what it means. Emery, anything? Emery's looking real thoughtful for a bit, and then they just shrug. No, I, I don't, I don't know about that one either. Huh. Ah, oh, that's gonna be one of those things where, like, we'll figure out what it means, and we'll be like, oh, it's so obvious in retrospect. But right now, it's just like nothing. Uh. So, blood of the loved. All right. I've updated the pale rider problem to include the blood of the true love and the blood of the void. Thank you. Uh, so the we still don't know where the true love is. Is the issue with that one? But we know they need. We know we need some of their blood as well. So great. Blood of the void. Okay, so, so, so the, the children are people, and the true love is, is, is a person. So, presumably, the, the, the void is also uh, a person? Is it, is it that one asshole who Roxanne keeps talking about? I... I don't know. He doesn't... He doesn't strike me as someone I would use the word void to describe. Well, I would avoid him. Seems like a jerk. Uh, 
Maybe Roxanne will have more insights into this. Right. I don't. I don't know if they get cell reception up there. I haven't actually bothered to check yet. All right. Uh, I have to clean up. To clean up the mess. Have to dispose of a forearm, which is an interesting experience. I'll. I'll leave you to it. I'm gonna go get dinner started. Feel free to pop by if you get hungry. I don't think I will. Actually, what are you having? Is it anything meat-based? I can make it not meat-based if you'd like. I think I'm just going to go get something vegetarian that doesn't have anything red in it. Honestly, if that's okay with me. I'm just going to go out. Yeah. Just have, have a good one. <laughs> Be safe. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll let you know if anything else comes up. R- right, right. So, Roxanne Harrison. Mm-hmm. You are presently waiting for your brother to send you a text message saying, hey, teleport to me after he's arrived in Argentina. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And this is pre-Ashley's, like, second trip in, because Grant was in the airport during her first trip in, but she really only came through the fucking garage, so you probably just didn't even know that it happened, aside from Emery declaring that she was going to be entering the garage. Didn't even come downstairs to say hi. Eh? I would not expect you to. So, what exactly are you up to right this second, as you are waiting for the call? Roxanne, still practicing vocabulary. Ah. What are you practicing today in particular she's sort of like just practicing pronunciation just you know sort of trying to perfect her own name just because like if she can master some of the language then that makes everything a lot easier right on you know write down what you're going to what you want to do make sure you know how to say it and then eventually say it. Exactly. Yeah. Alright. So, Grant. Yeah. You are presently walking out of an airport whose name I haven't bothered to look up. That's fair. Down in Argentina. You have not been given an address to go to, because this where this guy lives doesn't have an address. You've been given a set of coordinates. Okay. And there are roads to get down there, but eventually, you know, taxis will only take you so far. Yeah, that's fair. I wasn't planning on having the taxi drive up right to this guy's house anyway. I was going to plan on stopping like maybe half a mile away. Just so in case that guy is like super duper paranoid about cars driving up to his house. 
Unfortunately, Grant, you can't even get as close as half a mile. Uh, I mean, half a mile was going to be the absolute closest I was going to go anyway. Yeah, sure. It's going to be about two miles before you got to break off. That's fine. And it is like a drive out there. Like the first taxi you get will not take you all the way. Okay. Because you're kind of having to go out a bit into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And that means having to do some transfers. I don't know what the like public transportation situation is in Argentina, but... It happens. Public transportation happens. Yeah, you're a New Yorker. You can figure it out. I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in you so hard I'm not even going to make you roll for it. Good. But eventually, you get like out into the wilderness and you are met with a pretty beautiful vista. Oh, wow, that is pretty. Yep. It's a kind of low marshland almost. And then there it's weird how the environment is like really starkly segmented. It's like the marshland ends and then there's a forest and then the forest ends and there's some fucking mountains. Green and brown mountains and then those end and then there's snowy mountains behind those. And you can see it from where you get dropped off, there is a small house on top of one of the smaller brown and green mountains just on the other side of the forest. Alright. I will text Roxanne and be like, uh, I'm here. Kind of. What do you mean, kind of? It's a bit of a walk, and then I send her that exact picture that we're looking at. I don't see anything. Uh, the, I'm guessing the house that is supposed to be in the mountain, on the mountain, doesn't actually exist in real life. Correct. So, there's a, imagine a house there. It's very small, Roxanne. You have to squint in order to see it. Uh-uh. Grant's just got stanky wizard eyes. Stinky ass wizard eyes. I have two new. I have a new flavor of stinky ass wizard eyes now. It's great. Should I even like show up? Do you? Do you want to like talk to him first as the normal looking guy? It might actually help a little bit. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'll fucking trudge up to this dude's door. Look, you know, you know that this guy is already involved in like hella illegal, hella esoteric magic. What's he gonna care if some fucking angel just knocks on his front door? Yeah, fair enough. I want to be present anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna be text Roxanne and be like, Roxanne, he's already a massive war criminal involved with death magic. I'm pretty sure an angel won't be out of left field for him. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I want to. I want to experience being outside a little anyway. And I would like to take a walk <laughs> with you. It's been, it would be nice to have company. All right. I'm in the middle of texting that when Roxanne just appears next to me. You get, you basically get the text and then Roxanne is there. <laughs> Roxanne, you're outside. Was the sky always this color? I mean, yes. I'm fucking with you, Grant. 
I have a window in my bedroom, dumbass. <laughs> like, I can just go outside. Like, no one's gonna... Well, no one's gonna pay much attention to a snake. Yes, this is true. I can literally teleport onto my roof. So, it is a bit of a hike. Roxanne, you're made of rock, so you don't really care about the mud in the marsh, but Grant, you're, you're getting some squelching. Eh. What's the worst that's going to happen? Am I going to get some fucking leeches? They have leeches in, in Argentina? I don't know, but those would be some pretty impressive leeches to latch on to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are they going to get? Nothing. You don't have blood. And then you cross through the little forest in the foothills. And then you climb a small mountain. Roll me high. No. <laughs> Apparently there are leeches in Argentina. Oh. Huh. In fact, they discovered a new type of leech in uh, Rio Negro. Argentina. Hmm. Huh. Neat. They're probably in, like, the rivers and not in the marshes. This also 11 years ago. So, when the two of you get up to the flat top of this miniature mountain, you can finally take in this... It's about at the halfway point between a house and a shanty. This is obviously something that this guy built by himself with no help and with only the resources uh-huh. that were immediately around him. Uh-huh. Yeah, kinda. The door is closed. What do you do, players? I was gonna do it. <laughs> Two bits. <laughs> so, you knock on the front door, and you hear, like, a crash inside. Hey, Crane. Do you know Spanish? I have magic! (laughs) You hear a crash inside, and then, like, a bunch of, like, things being shuffled and moved around. And then the door is thrown (laughs) open. We're not cops. (laughs) Regular or wizard. And I don't have a handout for this guy, so you're just gonna have to... You're just going to have to picture Mateo Rodriguez in your head. I will say that this man very obviously hasn't shaved since he effectively entered exile. He has bathed. He doesn't stink, but he hasn't shaved. And he's got kind of a wild look in his eyes as he throws open the door and just says, Okay? Uh, comprehende inglés? No. Alright then, uh, fucking use magic to <laughs> share language with, uh, with uh, something you don't understand. Eight. So, uh. Hmm. Um, hmm. Problematic side effect, sure. Hmm. <laughs> Unless you can't think of anything, in which case I will take the effect this weekend. No, see, because my first thought for problematic side effect is you're not going to be able to turn the spell off for a couple weeks, but that's going to make Ashley's magic lesson kind of difficult. Yeah. Ashley probably speaks Spanish. Okay, secretly, Ashley is actually fluent in Spanish because it's like the third most spoken language on the planet. 
Yeah, but, that was my thought. <laughs> but it is going to make difficult for probably Grant to talk to his girlfriend when she shows back up. Yeah, yeah. I imagine let's Amalia do- <laughs> maybe isn't fluent in Spanish. Probably not, no. Uh, let's just go with the fact is weekend then. <laughs> Sometimes okay. words are just it's like it's like my accent is Spanish. it's like my accent's really terrible and kind of hard to understand. Your accent's really terrible, and also, like Chloe said, occasionally the spell just kind of shorts out, and you miss like four words. You have to ask yeah. him to repeat it. Yeah. So I go, okay, this might be a little better. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Like what? It's, I it's, didn't. Ex- I didn't expect a wizard to be showing up to my door. Yeah. Like you have to know who I am and why I'm here, right? Yeah, and that's sort, sort of the thing. And all right, you look dumb, but I know better than to judge you by that. So I'm going to ask: Are you actually dumb enough to try and throw down with somebody who was exiled for the reasons that I was exiled? Oh no, I'm not tra- here to throw down with you. Okay, good. So you're not some sort of weirdo with a paladin streak who wants no. to end oh. the end the heretic or whatever. He, the, I've gotten a couple of those. It's like Grant Harrison, Jeez. he may look like an idiot and talk like an idiot, but do not be fooled. He actually he is an really idiot. really is an idiot. <laughs> He's just a different kind of idiot. No, um, it's a bit different. I'm here to to learn. So, wait, the spell you did, does it just work on you, or can I also understand what's going on? I think on it here? just works on me. So you're just... Yeah. You're, you're, I'm probably you're hearing... gonna need another roll, Colin, to <laughs> give Roxanne. You hear me speaking in English, and you hear this guy speaking in Spanish, but for some reason we understand each other. Uh, here, let me get for Roxanne. Roxanne understand. Roxanne understands it better than I do, apparently. <laughs> 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 That's an 11 for the folks at home. <laughs> you, just, you guys are just like talking for a little bit and then you're like, oh, wait, oh, right. right. Yeah. Hold on. Roxanne <laughs> just looking very perturbed. Like, oh, this is, I'm sure this is a really interesting conversation that's going on. Anyway, hi, my name is Grant Harrison. This is my sister. Yeah, hi, Roxanne Harrison. She obviously got the looks of the family. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, blood-related, even if I don't have blood. It's a whole thing. Oh, you know what? As deep as I am into the weirder bits of magic, I absolutely believe it. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually here to learn. And <sighs> And we both have something we need to ask of you, actually. Yeah. And you understand what you're here to learn, right? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks that I need to do it, but it's got to be done. The alternative is worse. The alternative is way worse. Okay. You also understand that if anybody finds out that you can do this... Ending up like me is the best you're going to be able to hope for. Yeah, I plan on using it bare minimum that I need to use it for and then never touching it ever again. Okay. 
All right, well, you two might as well come in then. All right, I will wait for him to open up the door and then... Yeah, he's been standing in the open doorway and he'll just turn around and walk back into his little hovel. He hasn't been yelling at you through the door or anything. No, no, I thought he was like talking through the crack. Like he was just holding... Okay, all right. He doesn't really have a whole lot to be afraid of at this point. It's just fine just opening up the door for people because what the fuck are they going to do to him? (laughs) All right, I walk on in. You know, I'm surprised how like readily he agreed to listen. Like, okay, yeah, sure. We, we haven't even told him what we need yet. I mean, whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna question it. I mean, hold on. That was just getting you in the front door. Right, 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 right. But like, there wasn't even any arguing to get in the front door. Is I guess what I'm getting at. So he will lead you to inside his hovel and it isn't super well furnished or anything all of the furniture was constructed by him it's very obvious that he was not expecting to have guests at any point so there's only one copy of any piece of furniture that's fair uh yeah it's cool i can i'm used to standing is this building tall enough for me to stand in? Probably just barely. Cool. You do have to duck to get through the door, but once you're inside, you have maybe two inches of headspace. If you stand on your toes, you're going to maybe break the ceiling a little bit. Ooh, that's a little claustrophobic, huh? If I if I angle if I like turn my tilt my head my horns hit this roof. (laughs) (laughs) Might be. So he'll go and sit down in his one chair and he'll just sort of motion around and say, I'll find a place to sit. I'll sit on the floor in front of him. Oxan will just sit crisscross applesauce. Ah, like a good student. Yeah. And so once he's all settled in and the two of you are settled in, just lean forward a little bit, put an elbow on his knee, and put his chin in his hand. Ask, so, I need to know, why on earth would you ever do this? Something bad happened, and we kind of figured that the only way to actually heal it is with death magic, as weird as that sounds. But it kind of needs yeah. to. It kind of needs to do that. You kind of need to learn to do, do do it for that reason. See, you say as weird as that sounds, but his face doesn't show any like curiosity or confusion at all. And after you finish speaking, he says, "No, actually, I can see that application. Yeah, killing a wound as a roundabout way to heal it. Yeah." That's well. I haven't tried that, but in theory, that actually works. Yeah, my theory was that what we need to do is remove sort of death from the wound because it doesn't heal except on its own. The wounds um, don't heal except on their own, like magic. No kind of magic works. So... Okay, so the wound is rejecting life then. Yeah, exactly. Or at least magical life. Okay, yeah. So 
Yeah, there's either an aura of killing magic life that you need to dispel. Yeah, okay, I can see a couple ways that you can make this work. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, And then there's also a second reason. Uh Uh-huh. Something has gotten inside me, and I need to kill it. Uh Uh-huh. I have to become unknowable by killing the self in order to get this thing out of me. All right, well, I don't know anything about that genre of magic. So I can't help you there. That's something I'll have to figure out elsewise, but I can teach you the first half. Fair enough. <sighs> All right. Well, I had to say, as much as I don't like the idea of putting someone else in my position, it's a little gratifying to actually teach somebody. You know, and he turns to Grant, wizards, right? We, holding knowledge like this just kind of sucks. You, you gotta tell people? Yeah, kinda. I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's... I've... Yeah, I've just... I've, I've had all of this knowledge about how all this works for so long, and it's just... Uh, I don't know. I know I'm not... I know it shouldn't be spread around, but it sucks to just hold it and not pass it on to anybody. Yeah, I can get that. Knowledge wants to, like, be free, man. No, we're not talking to fucking Groovy, okay? Talking to somebody else. Mateo looks at you and says, that word didn't translate across. I don't think it will. Groovy or... Groovy. Yeah, it's, uh, it, don't worry about it. You know, like, okay. chill, go with the flow. Groovy. Alright, I'll take your word for it. So, uh, let's get to it. And he gets off of the chair and sits down on the ground in front of the two of you and just sort of crosses his legs and closes his eyes and puts his hands in his lap. I will do the same. (laughs) I close all of my eyes and do the same. (laughs) I like to think you keep one open just out of pure curiosity. Nah. Alright, and so after a couple minutes of everybody just sort of settling in, he asks, so... Of the two of you, which of you are formally trained? I am. Thumb points at Grant. Well, unfortunately, that means that this is going to be harder for you than it is for her. Yep, figured as much. Because I'm going to teach you... She doesn't really need to be told this, but you do. Because of the way you've been trained. But... Everything you've been taught about magic is fake. (laughs) All of it. Color me shocked. All of the incantations, all of the equations, all of the symbolism, all of the gestures, all of the components, none of it actually means anything. It's all horseshit that people make up 
in order to ascribe more significance to their actions than is necessary. The energy that we're pulling out of the air is free. It has no form. It wants to have form, but it doesn't. And all we as wizards are doing is giving it form. We are mixing that energy with our will and causing phenomena to happen thereby. So, I have no notes to give you, young wizard. I have no symbols to teach you. I have no hand signs for you. The first thing you are going to have to learn in order to do what I do, do what you need to do, is to internalize death as a concept because you will need to press the will of death onto magic. And for that, and you hear him stand up and walk towards the two of you, you are going to need to know what it means to die just for a moment. Careful if you're going to touch me. Yeah, uh, there's some shit that happens to her involving human contact. I'm quite certain that I've suffered worse. And he will put his hands on both of your foreheads. And Roxanne, you don't suck anything out of him. And it's not because he's some like weird magical creature like Blackbird or he's some sort of like undead like the witches are. It's because there's nothing in him. Hmm. He doesn't have any life to pull out in the way that you've been doing it with everybody else. I mean, it makes sense. And then for a moment, just a moment, both of you experience the sensation of oblivion. You are conscious of this happening, but what you are conscious of is ceasing to exist, of dying in the truest way possible, and it is terrifying. It is endless and pitch black, and without recourse or comfort, it is an oblivion stronger than even the Deadlands offers, because nothing ever truly dies in the Deadlands. It gets washed out and recycled. But you two in this moment are coming to a true and proper end. There is no Deadlands on the other side of this for either of you. And then you come back. And everything feels a little more vibrant than it did a moment ago. Okay. All right. That, um, it's a bit terrifying. Yes, that's death. That's what you are going to be working with. That idea, those feelings, that state is what you are going to be bending to your will 
and exerting on the outside world. You can maybe others understand why this doesn't get spread around very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's certainly not pleasant. Unsurprisingly. You get used to it. It It is... It is difficult for the first... Probably first few years. But after a while, there is a kind of peace in it. The stillness is comforting in its own way. Knowing that there's just nothing more for you to do, to experience, to suffer, to have happen to you, it's nice. But you won't get there for a while if you choose to pursue this beyond what you need it for right now. Yeah. Now, this doesn't teach you everything you need to know. You're going to need to practice it a bit. So, both of you get out of my house and don't come back until you can kill a tree without doing anything but thinking at it particularly hard. Okay. Yeah, all right. I get up and I start leaving. There's no trees up on top of this mountain, so you gotta hike back down to the forest. Yep. (laughs) Roxanne looks over at Grant and says, Hey, Grant. Yeah? And she teleports to the bottom of the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! Grant, please waste one of your sticks flying down there at high speed. No. Just kick her in the back of the head. No. It's a, those would have to be saved for something more, a little more important. Okay. Flying back up. No. No. <laughs> so. I'm going to declare that neither of you is going to get it immediately. Yeah. Because it is difficult to even put yourself back in that frame of mind, even after having experienced it so viscerally. But after a couple of days of concentrating, probably Roxanne teleporting back home to get food for Grant, because our boy needs to eat. What a loser. He needs his chicken nugs and he needs his Capri Sun. If you practice for eight hours a day, you get enough good play points. I know you're teleporting halfway across the world for this, but is there any way you could get me the chicken nugs in Capri Sun form? I just make sure you get the ones that are shaped like dinosaurs. Ideally, yes. I would like to eat all of my meals out of Capri Sun pouches. <laughs> Is that a possibility? Yeah, it's called Soylent. <laughs> hey, I just had a thought. Uh-huh. Could Roxanne theoretically teleport to the moon? Have you been there? I'm sorry, one more time? Roxanne could teleport to a place she can see, right? Could uh... she teleport to the moon? <laughs> Can I pull a portal and go to the moon? You know what? I don't know. I'll have to think about it. 
Okay. I think it'd be a just question a of just how far you can teleport, because like you're teleporting a matter of like five thousand miles, six thousand miles at most right now. Uh, outside of teleporting to and from alternate dimensions, but I imagine those just kind of overlap on top of each other. You're talking distance of like three or four Earths. Like I said, I'll have to think about it. Also, I know we're kind of busting on Grant for chicken nuggets and Capri Sun, but I feel like immersing yourself in the aspect of death for several hours a day for several days in a row is maybe grounds to have some comfort food. I'm just... I'm gonna put I mean, that if you're trying there. to immerse yourself in the aspect of death, like those Tostino's personal party pizza things, is about <laughs> close to death as you can get eating food. To become closer with death, Roxanne eats a tombstone pizza. Oh! 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 No! Fuck. Stop! Do they even still make tombstone pizza? Yes, I haven't seen they one do. In a while. But even worse, <laughs> even worse, they still make Red Baron. Hey, there, there is an actual like Red Baron place, and it's good, like pretty near to my house. I'll fight you. That Red Baron like is place Red is Baron good. like one of those situations where it was like an actual restaurant that like French or licensed out their product to like home thing. Is this like a Chef Boyardi situation? Probably. <laughs> anyways, 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 let's get back to it. So we camp out under the stars, trying to murder trees with our minds. Yes. You spend several days at this, and as you are and Grant in particular. Actually, Grant in exclusive because the pale rider is not inside of Roxanne's head yet. Mm-hmm. You you get asked with only the smallest amount of sarcasm. Are you actually having Are fun out here? Fun out here. Fun out here. Don't respond. You do know that I am aware that you are aware of me. It is a little absurd that you continue with this charade. I don't respond to him. Grant is internally thinking that if he doesn't say anything, eventually he will get bored and stop trying to talk to me. I can read that thought that you are having. And no, no, I will not. I will not. Still don't respond. What exactly do you exactly hope to gain by ignoring my presence? Ignoring my presence. Ignoring my presence. <laughs> Does he really think I'm going to answer him after pointedly ignoring him for months? No, fuck off. Just like imagine the most annoying song you can on loop as I imagine. Because what, <laughs> what I'm thinking Grant has just default to do. I know a song that gets on everybody's nerves. Nah, everybody's nah nerves. that's Susie. Just like Grant in his head, my milkshake brings all the boys to the earth. <laughs> Was that song made in 2012? I think so. I said maybe. <laughs> uh, tell you what I want and what I really, really want. There we go. There we go. The music doesn't the music actually, doesn't actually work. work. I can choose what I hear and what I do not. I do not. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. <laughs> it is, it is 
a little ridiculous that you claim to be working so hard to kill me, and yet you refuse to acknowledge my presence. Do you believe that you could learn nothing about me by talking to me? Dude, are you just lonely? Is this what that's about? <laughs> you just want a friend? <laughs> like, seriously? No, Grant. Uh... Please, if you've been watching for long enough, you should understand that Grant just ignores his problems. I'm trying to determine what that 10 means. I was going to roll, and then I realized I didn't put, put a... I don't know what I want to do, but I'm going to do it really well. <laughs> yeah. For the first time, Grant will go, Dude, what the hell do you want? That, for starters. For starters. For starters. Made you look. I simply find you fascinating. Fascinating. Someone with as much to lose as you spends so little time enjoying it when you are running up to your death so quickly. I'll have plenty of time to enjoy it when you're dead. You are so certain that it's going to work out that way. Work out that way. Work out that way. I already know the answer, I know the answer because I can see everything in here. But I want to hear you say it. Why are you so certain? Because if we don't, everything in this world ends, and it might suck sometimes. It might suck really hard sometimes, but the world is also beautiful and fantastic and people can be so so beyond what you think they are and it's just I will do whatever it takes to stop you from annihilating seven billion lives your estimation of your people borders on absurd absurd to me to me how many of your people do you know? How much of your people's actions have you seen? You've got to take the bad with the good. Oh, but there is so much more bad. Maybe to you. It isn't just to me. Just to me. Just to me. You will come to understand. Come to understand. I can see the arc that you are taking. That you are taking, and you will get at least that far. I'm certain of it. But I don't expect you to get much farther. Get much farther. And I also, and I also don't expect you. Don't expect you to be rid of me. To be rid of me. To be rid of. I know what you're doing with this. I can see all of it. See all of it. And I don't think I that, don't you, think that you, you have it in you, have it in you, have it in to give up what you will have to to make this happen. Make this happen. Enjoy your last three months of life, and then I will continue to try and kill a tree with my mind. Huh? He just sort of lets that one linger. Gives you something to think about. Now. We do have to attach a bit of mechanics to this. Yeah. <laughs> so, here's what's happening. 
Roxanne, you're rolling me weird flat out. Actually, no, you're rolling me weird at a plus one because death aspect is technically what Elysium is all about, so... Or is one of the major things that Elysium is all about, so it's easier for you to get in tune with it than it is for Grant. Grant, you're rolling it for me at a minus one because you are attempting to cast in a way that you never have before. Now I get an 11. <laughs> That's still an 11, though. <laughs> That's a 13 from Roxanne. Look, we both manage it, but Roxanne does it better. What happens is Roxanne gets it first, and then she spends the next three hours just needling Grant until he gets so pissed off that he does it perfectly. <laughs> he gets so sick of her teasing that he just thinks, I want to die really hard, and that's the push that he needs <laughs> to finally get there. <laughs> Fuck this. I want to die. I wish everyone else was dead. Ah, <laughs> oh, finally, you get it. <laughs> and then the trees die utterly. Like, they just, they go from bright green, brown, vibrant, beautiful trees to just shriveled dead husks in the span of, like, two seconds. You know, honestly, though, Roxanne probably would not make a joke about this. It's <laughs> a little bit fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. I just killed the thing completely. I can unmake a tree. Suck it, God. <laughs> And then suddenly, Mateo is just behind you guys. Says, yes, that tree is as dead as anything could possibly be dead. Nicely done. I don't even jump as fucking like I was expecting that at this point. <laughs> so that's what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Huh? It's kind of funny, honestly. <laughs> Actually, it just makes it even funnier now. <laughs> Now that you know exactly how disorienting it is. Yeah. So, congratulations, you two. You've taken your first steps into casting death. Huh. How do you feel? I imagine poorly, but I figure I should ask anyways. Yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks. Actually, I love dying and being dead. <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm a millennial. <laughs> well, you two might as well come on up. Got some more work to be done. Alright. And we're going to do a bit of a clock wipe here. There's a couple of days of the two of you just working both with Mateo and independently just immersing yourself deeper and deeper into this until you're able to call it up without so much difficulty. It still sucks to cast every single time. You kill and then unkill a tree. It's fucked up. Roxanne Mateo offers himself as a sort of testing dummy for your weird healing method. It's up to you if you choose to accept. 
I mean, there's clearly something weird going on with Mateo. And he seems to be, like... He basically seems to be drenched in death. So I guess the best way to understand how to remove death from something would be, yeah, to test it on him. And, like, if he's not worried about it, then I'm not going to be worried about it. Yeah, this, uh... If at any point you express concern, he just asserts that his command over the aspect is quite a bit more advanced than yours, so he doesn't believe you're going to be able to do anything to him that he's not okay with. Also, Roxanne may have a big head, but yeah, she doesn't think that she is hot shit enough at death magic now to beat, to, you know fucking beat the chess grandmaster of death magic that is teaching her. Right, right, right. So, let me have a think here. I feel like, I feel like what this is going to be is an extension of your lay on hands. Damn, I've got to be as uncool as possible. Oh, no. Slam on fists. (laughs) So why don't you try rolling me lay on hands and you've got your plus one for your aspect orientation ah okay so that's a cumulative plus three because lay on hands is a cool roll yeah I believe in you let's give it a shot okay 13 13. very nice I mean what better roll to get one trying to deal with death I guess so yeah, you are able to basically wipe away the death that is lingering in the small wounds that Mateo inflicts on himself, and they knit themselves shut in a way that is highly reminiscent of what happens when Magpie works a healing spell on someone. So, congrats. Your play on hands now works on people who have been wounded by the Pale Rider sword. Dang. Maybe if you work on this a little bit more, you can get it to the point of where you don't have to use lay on hands and can instead just roll use magic to heal. I don't know. We'll maybe figure that out later. Something for you to work on. I've got a new toy to play with. Oh yeah. It's the worst. Oh, it sucks, but some of the best things in the world suck. (laughs) Grant, I'm not going to ask for another roll from you. You get enough practice with the aspect that you feel like you know enough to fulfill that half of your severance equation. At this point, you need to find a source of knowledge on the magic of self to pick at and then fuse those so congrats Harrisons you are now both practitioners of death magic you're both war criminals hooray no I'm not I mean the reason I came up here was to learn it so yeah I'm happy huzzah I'm happy, but I'm not happy. I'm glad that being two of the most lethal people on the planet makes you happy. 
Well, I don't plan to use it to kill anybody, so it's fine. Yeah, same. Sure. All right. I am only going to use this gun for skeet shooting. <laughs> I promise. I promise you. The bullets I put in this gun hit for negative damage only. These are healing bullets. This is Borderlands. When I shoot you, you get better. And I will only use these bullets ever. I promise. So, at the end of this short spate of tutelage, Mateo is quite happy to have passed on that information and will shake the both of your hands and wish you well and invite you back whenever you feel like coming back. And the two of you are free to head home as you like. You know, this time I'm willing to risk it. I don't. I only bought a one-way ticket. So what, do you want Roxanne to take you back? Yes! <laughs> I'm willing to risk it. It's, it's, there's, there's only so many places that I can get lost in between here in California. It's fine. Willing to risk it for the biscuit. Okay. Uh, 14. Very nice. I'm a little disappointed I was going to have Grant appear at his parents' house and have him (laughs) freak out. In New York? In New York, yes. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been super good, but unfortunately... That would have been the worst, but it would have been great. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. We've just learned Ultra Kill. Mom, Dad, I need another... I need a plane ticket to California right away. I need a plane ticket to California as soon as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, the two of you appear... I don't know. Where are you you putting them, Roxanne? His place, your place. What's up? Yeah, I just dropped Grant back at his place. Okay, I was gonna say if the reunion's happening soon then we can oh actually yeah yeah yeah. go back to uh go back to the safe house right on grant can find his way home besides it's been a while since grant has been in like civilized society and i figure emory might be willing to make grant some food yes chicken nugs and capri sun can only sustain a man for so long about as long as it takes to get scurvy. <laughs> no, hey, Capri Sun. C in I was about to say Capri Sun has vitamin C in it, my man. Actually, okay. To be honest, the chicken nuggets probably have more vitamin C than the Capri Sun, <laughs> and that's not because the Capri Sun doesn't have vitamin C in it. So. Speaking of the reunion, everybody, you all get a text from Emery saying, Hey, would you all mind getting over here? I just got a text from the Ohio group. Grant is already on his way. (laughs) Roxanne shouts down the stairs, Sorry, I can't make it. (laughs) I live in your house. Why are you texting me? What is wrong with you? Roxanne is in the group chat. Yeah. No, sorry. She doesn't text. She doesn't shout down the stairs. She actually just answers in text. 
Uh, sorry, I've got to do my hair. <laughs> Imagine that Emery just called you, like, <laughs> Roxanne, can you come downstairs? Roxanne, you hear a thump from under your floor that is very much Emery <laughs> hitting the ceiling of their room, which is directly underneath yours. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. So yeah, all of you can gather up. When you do, Emery and Magpie are lacing up their shoes, and they say, well, um, so it turns out the Ohio cell, uh, went into the Feywilds to make the handoff and didn't tell me, so they've been waiting in there, and, uh, I guess the, the, the Feywilds had a particularly time-fucky day because that was six days ago. Oh. Okay. Not from their perspective. Their perspective, they've been waiting there for about an hour and a half before one of them popped out to talk to us. But uh, they're ready for us now. Uh, Well, um, I mean, I don't have a lot of... This isn't a big moment for me, but um, I guess I'll go along. Yeah. I am going along for emotional support. Yeah. For Mac. Grant can take care of himself. (laughs) Magpie actually looks pretty nervous. Grant kind of looks a little nervous, too. And as you all make your way into the garage and Magpie starts doing up the runes Emery sort of turns to you all and says oh, okay so um, we're heading to the fall court none of you have been there yet um, they don't like it when you're loud so please just keep a lid on it as best you can I know this is going to be emotional for some of us but I would rather not have the fall people get annoyed at us for this I'll, I'll try Thanks. We went to spring for the blink down, right? Yes. Okay. None of you have ever been to fall. Uh, the the Ohio team. Um, there's five of them. Uh, one of them's got psychic powers he can't turn off, so you're probably gonna get brain invaded. Try not to get mad about it. He can't help it. Um, one of them is just kind of standoffish. She might not even talk to any of you. So it'll be fine. Uh, the the woman who's built, and Emery sort of makes like, like squares their shoulders to indicate muscularity. Uh, she, she served in World War II and can't stop talking about it, so maybe don't <laughs> give her an opportunity to get started. <laughs> but that sounds neat. Shut the hell up. <laughs> and then the the ones in charge are the the, the weird looking twins. Just be be nice to them, okay? If they talk to any of you, they probably won't. Right, right. Roxanne is going to be as nice as possible. So, Magpie finishes setting up the circle, and you all step inside, and she works the spell. 
and you all vanish from the garage and appear in the fall court. And hey, it's autumn, everybody. Wow, who would have saw that coming from the fall court? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very reminiscent of the spring court. It's very woodsy, like lots of really big trees that seem to have buildings built into them. But instead of spring, it's autumn. So like the primary colors here are orange and red and brown. It's cool, like a pleasant fall afternoon, but it's not cold like the winter court is. And it is quiet here. Just it, it's quiet like the winter court is quiet. And you are greeted, as always. Although, it's kind of a weird one. It's this, like... It's this, like, five and a half foot tall kind of lizard man. He's really spiny. He's just sort of wearing fall-colored robes. Just, ah, I suppose you are all the other half of the ones who came here earlier. Yeah, I think so. Such a yes, yes. We have been expecting you right this way. And he leads you out of the teleportation square and you all catch a glimpse of the palace. It's not the kind of sort of outdoor pavilion that winter and summer have. It's the more indoor fair of the spring court. But you are not led there. You are led around the side behind some pretty tall hedges that are all like bright fall red. And once you get back there, there's a there's sort of like a narrow passageway for you to all go through. And then at the end, the attendant turns around and says, Through here, you can find your way back to me when you are prepared to leave. And he'll just leave. Okay. All right. So is this where we find the door with the Christmas tree painted on it? <laughs> Grant, not so loud. You don't have to. No, I wasn't. uh, I I didn't know that was in (laughs) character. (laughs) So, you can all step through into this little private square, and there are seven people back here. There's three of them look pretty normal. It's just a... Actually, because you were kind of unclear on this, Chloe, Uh did Olivia come along? Or did she stay home? Uh, You know what? Because I probably don't want to... I don't want to have any excuse to talk to myself. She definitely stayed home because it would be rude to leave her wife like that when (laughs) she can't come. Yeah, you guys, they're just inseparable. Like, literally inseparable. They're stuck. Mm Mm-hmm. It's been like... It's been, it's it's been, been six it's days. Been a, yeah. <laughs> they have tried everything. They're just... 
in six days. Unfortunately, neither of them know how to get to the Feywild, so they've just been kind of <laughs> stuck twiddling their thumbs. <laughs> no, literally, they're stuck together. Yeah, no, like, they've tried Soto, they've tried e- everything. Goop off. <laughs> Olivia hasn't learned the peanut butter trick yet. <laughs> but I do believe that James and Rachel said that they were coming. Yes. Also, I would like to clarify, Rachel isn't really built like a brick house. She's super strong, but she looks fairly average. Like, she's not big. She's just... She's like, scanning now. Eh. I'm sorry. Did I describe your character before? You did. I mean, I mean, she works as a mechanic. That puts muscle on you. Okay, fair enough. So, there's a pretty normal looking dude, except for the fact that he might not have showered in the last three days or so. He's got his hair sort of crammed under a beanie. There's a woman who very obviously does manual labor for a living. There's a pair of fraternal twins who are weirdly pale. They might even be albino with like how white their hair and skin is and if you scrutinize them their eyes might be a little bit red just a yes. little yes we've all seen the matrix reloaded <laughs> I haven't really really but they're both just kind of old fashioned in a way like the the male coated one has sort of suspenders and boots the female-coated one has, like, sort of a dressy kind of blouse. And then the other two. I love them. They're the, perfect. <laughs> the other two. There is a man who appears to be floating about six inches off of the ground. And he is blue and he's about at 50% transparency and he is quite handsome if any of you you know mm-hmm. are into that mm-hmm. yes maybe mm-hmm. oh we have a picture of him hold on both in and out of character yes <laughs> yeah <sighs> I know you aren't <laughs> One, am I lesbian. not allowed? Am I not allowed to voice my opinion? You are. No. <laughs> he he's got sort of like shoulder length hair that is that like perfect level of messy that looks like it's really intentional. That's the I woke up like this haircut. Exactly. And he is dressed in an even older fashion than the twins. And Guess what? The first person to break the please be quiet rule here is Magpie, because the second that you all get in there, she hollers at the top of her lungs, Daddy! And sprints into the little area and tackles him. And he gets a little bit less transparent and actually catches her. And you watch as Magpie changes. Grant, you've been aware that she's under a glamour this whole time. I don't know about you other two. Uh, I'm aware I had a conversation about that with uh, 
remember there was that whole conversation when we were uh, hanging out with the other California cells, and the right other gremlin was going on about how they don't use the glamour. They don't use the glamour. Deja was busting their nuts about how Magpie does use it. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you were aware of it. But yeah, it comes off, and she does look like she is half human and half, like, ghost. Like, it makes sense why she looks so distressingly thin all the time, no matter how much she eats, is because she isn't actually all there. She looks like herself, mostly. Her shape doesn't change, but she is sort of a patchwork of real flesh and not. And it is unevenly distributed. But it doesn't look like it's meshed poorly. It looks like that's just how she is supposed to be. She's just some sort of weird halfway point between something that is very corporeal and something that is conditionally corporeal. She's a calico ghost girl. Yeah, basically. Patchwork ghost. And after the two of them are just like in each other's arms for a moment, he pulls back and says, Magdalena, you've grown so big. She doesn't even chide him about the name. And she just kind of buries her face in his chest. And the the sort of like low level giggling that she's been doing dissolves into low-level crying and he pulls her away so that they can just have a moment. I was gonna like have Roxanne whisper to Grant and be like can't you make like a quiet bubble so they can like be alone or whatever? I'm pretty sure Magpie can handle that herself. Uh, Grant does not actually say that because he's busy staring at Amalia. Right, well see, you were briefly distracted by this first reunion. And then when you look back, Amalia's not there anymore. And then suddenly you are flicked on the back of the head. <laughs> I turn around. Hey, you. Hey. Hiya, Ben. You look... Well, I don't, I don't know about the tattoo, but you uh, look... It's, it's, a, it's a brand. I know. I know. I'm having fun here. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. It's... It's just, you look a little you look a little tired. You been sleeping alright? No, not really. Ah. It's at that point Grant just like slowly reaches out and puts a hand on her shoulder and he and that's when the tears start and he goes, Oh my god, you're real. You're real. Yeah. Yeah, I'm real. I'm real. I'm here. I'm okay. I'm sorry I didn't come sooner. You couldn't possibly have. That's when he kind of breaks down, does the same thing that Magpie did, just sort of starts crying in into her shoulder. Yeah, and you are halfway conscious of the two of you, like, 
levitating and Roxanne and Steiner, you see the two of them like float away and over onto the other side of a hedge wall so that the two of them can have a moment. And they are whisked bodily out of the scene. (laughs) (laughs) That was sweet. So, while all of that is happening, the twins walk up to Emery and they say as one, Emery, it is pleasing to see you again. It has been some time. And they put their hands on one shoulder each and say, it's good to see you too. You've actually gotten to taller. I'm... I didn't know you could do that. They say, yes. It was an interesting discovery for us as well. I'm looking at the picture of the twins you have here, and I swear these are dolls. <laughs> Maybe that's like I can't tell if these are dolls or people. I I could flip a coin. A person is just a doll that moves on its own. <laughs> person is just a meat doll with a ghost inside of it. Maybe that's what James's uh, theory about them is—that that they are just living dolls. I swear, if I look, I'm going to find a joint if I look hard enough. <laughs> just gonna stick a really small flathead screwdriver into their elbow and fiddle around until I find the <laughs> seam that I know is there. Nah, full body sleeve. It's the back of the neck. <laughs> so, Emery and the twins will catch up for a while, and if the two of you choose to listen in, you get the impression that they actually have kind of a history. Hmm. It's not a working history, per se. They don't, like, reminisce about hunts they've been on, but they talk like they've known each other for a while. Maybe they were both from New York. And the first ones to come back are Magpie and Damerol. Magpie hasn't bothered to put her glamour back on yet, and she's wiping tears out of her eyes. And Damrol floats over to Emery and becomes corporeal enough to seize their hand and shake it with vigor. They say, I have to thank you for taking such good care of her. After all this time, she's she mentioned, we, we didn't get too far into it, but she mentioned, you have been so good to have around for her. And Emery's like, um, well, she, um... She, she kind of c- kept me alive for um, the better part of a decade. So it's, uh, we, we were good for each other, I think. And Damrell drops their hand and laughs, not heartily, because he's fall court fay, And so he knows how to keep himself restrained. He does laugh good natured. Rachel will go up to Magpie and go, Hey, little bird, we're even now. Yeah, I guess we are. I mean, you sat on that for a while. That's fair, but... Eh, good to know that you finally called in on that. Hmm. I didn't think I ever would. And I'm going to say that Grant can re-enter the scene whenever he would like. Yeah. <sighs> so, Rachel... You broke into a DHEA prison. Yeah. Got out. Alive. Yeah. 
<laughs> Impressive. Yeah. Uh, Edwin Steiner, by the way. Uh, Dr. Edwin Steiner. Rachel Digris, she will shake your hand and yeah, that's a pretty strong handshake. I made uh, my handshake is metal. Deal. I know. I know. <laughs> For the first time, Rachel has to like strengthen her handshake to keep up. Whoa! Hey, look at that! Uh, yes, I have. Um, it's a hobby. Hell of a hobby. Well, fun brought by necessity, but. And it's around this point that Grant will come back in with Amalia. So, Damerol turns to the Ohio team and sends around handshakes and fervent thanks for his rescue and asks to have the same conveyed to Olivia once they all get back. And the twins will agree, and the Ohio team will head out. Hey, Ray, wait, hold on. You, uh, guy with the hair. Guy with the hair. I'm turning to Garfield for a second. <laughs> you got, um... Hey there, you with the hair. You got, uh... <laughs> you got, uh, two dudes in your head. Do you... What's up with that? You don't want to know. All right. Just okay. Wait, two dudes? Like I think he means both me and Idol. I don't think I don't think there's any extra dudes. <laughs> if there are extra dudes, it's one that Ape has just made up right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I just thought it'd be weird if James didn't comment on like there's another guy hanging around in a dude's head. Yeah. What's up with yeah. that? Hey. Yeah, and it's like you don't want to know, and he's it's probably like, like, "Whatever." Yep. <laughs> you know, I make a point of having Olivia not be there, and then I'm just like, Roxanne is just struck by the sentiment of all this and thinks it's all very sweet and can't think of anything good to say. <laughs> well, it's been real. Um, apparently, it's also been like six days, so we should probably go home. Oh my god, it's been six days. I'm gonna be fired. That is all right, Rachel. We can afford to pay you full-time, if it is necessary. No, but I like my job! I like it! I see. We can talk to your boss if it is necessary. We can be quite convincing when we want to be. Please don't fuck with his brain. (laughs) I like to imagine that they're talking about that as they're leaving. Yes. The last thing you all hear from the Ohio team is Rachel asking the twins not to fuck with some guy's brain. Come on, I'll go. We'll go get your job back. Again. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the first time she's been fired. And it probably won't be the last. Probably not. So, after they all walk off, Damerol turns to all of you and says... If it would not be too much trouble, I would like to make a stop in with the court proper to announce my return. Yeah, that's fine with me, I guess. I'm fine with that, Mr. Magpie's dad. Oh, goodness, where are my manners? My name is Damerol X. I am Magpie's father. It's a pleasure to meet all of you. 
Nice to meet you too. And he does like an X in the air or. Ah, it is written out EQS in English. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck. Amalia. Um, that's Roxanne. Roxanne, this is Amalia. I know you both look a little bit different from the last time you saw each other. Hey. Yeah, well, dang, you got tall. Uh, yeah, I eat a lot of protein. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So, Demerol will shake all of your hands, and then... Well, not all of the hands. Well, wait, no, he's already a a ghost. Yeah. (laughs) With that, yeah. Roxanne, you do get a little bit of a pull off of him, but it's a lot weaker than it is with anybody you've ever gotten a pull off of before. It's just a little handshake. It can't hurt. And he leads you all into the court proper and then the throne room. And you know, based on the sort of flip-flopping duality of the courts, that this place should have a king and princess and the princess is absent today the king is here and just for sort of references sake all y'all have read gunner creek right yep. yep yeah yeah so you remember how the headmaster of the court is where he's sort of like way down in his that's chair the incredible beard yeah oh wait no that's i don't think that was a headmaster that was somebody else the headmaster is the, gu- the guy with the incredible beard. The headmaster is the guy who looks really, really, really bored. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? I don't remember. Wait, he was like um, the dragon slayer before oh, oh, Jimmy yeah, no, Jims he's... was. <laughs> Jimmy Jims? Jimmy Jims. Yeah. Ed Glomore? Yeah, that guy. Glomore. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember, but like this, Sir this guy's... Thorn, former protector of the court, had an Orjack partner of his own, who is not Sivo. Presumably James Eglemore's sensei. Yeah, so I, I'm specifically trying to be evocative of his posture here, okay. because the the King of Fall looks kind of Bored. tired, but it isn't haggard tired. It's more like he's just kind of had a good long day and he's ready to go to bed. But it sits on him in a way that tells you that that's just kind of how he is. That's just sort of maybe the aspect of fall in him. He's just way down in his chair. Looks kind of out of it. And as you all approach, Demerol takes a knee in front of them and says, Rondethel, my old friend... It's been probably longer for you than it has for me. And the king actually kind of perks up a little bit and looks a little bit confused. And then actually stands up all the way out of his chair and approaches your group. And Damrol stands up. And the King of Fall puts his hands on Damrol's shoulders and says, Damrol, I didn't believe I would be seeing you again. We thought you died. Uh, again. For real. He says, yes, my captivity was long and mostly uneventful. But it has ended. 
and the king will clap him on the shoulder and then ask, and did you get out yourself or was this by others' efforts? And he's answered, oh, it was a lovely team. Beautiful little pile of people. All of them wonderfully unique in their own ways. They have reunited me with my daughter and with you. And the king looks past him at all of you and says, are these them? And he says, no, but they are of the same mold. He says, well, I would like to offer this to the ones who are responsible to returning my old companion to me directly, but... I suppose a debt of gratitude is owed to the entirety of your group as well. I means we just gave them the information. They did the physical work. We can probably get any gratitude to them. Hmm. What information did you give, and how did you obtain it? Uh, hmm. Well... Basically, we obtained information on where they were holding them and how to get in and out and relayed that to the uh, Ohio team, who then performed the jailbreak itself. I see. And was it difficult at all to obtain this information? We had to kill a monster that turned out to be two monsters. Yeah. One living inside of another. I see. So, and he has a little bit, just the, just the barest bit of a twinkle in his eye as he says, So, my understanding is that you all risked your lives to obtain information that made it possible to return him to me. Yeah. Then there is unquestionably a debt that I owe you. My mother taught me better manners than not to accept. So, yeah. Do you need blood of the court royalty? (laughs) I hope you said that out of character. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's out of character. You do, in fact, do need blood of the court royals. And up until now, King of Fall was the only one that you hadn't interacted with. I kind of forget why we need the blood of the court royals. It's part of the weakness. Yeah. It came up in the code. The blood of the children is one of the things that you got. Right. Right. And the kings and queens of the courts are Adel's children. Right. Steiner just kind of gets up next to Emery and kind of whispers, um, this might be a little bit overreaching, but, um, we do need that blood of the children thing. Right, right, yeah, and I I feel like there's probably not another way we're going to get it from this one in particular. He's going to want to know why, though. Is Is this cool? Is this good? I, I think it would be okay to tell him. Um, 
Alright. Um, there is one thing we need, that we do actually need. It's um, somewhat unorthodox, but... Ask it. You have more than earned it. Alright, um, so we're kind of dealing with... Um, well, I'll just be outright with it. We're kind of trying to deal with Adel, and to do that, we might need blood of the royal court. He looks flabbergasted. Yeah, that's about what I expected. How do you even know that name? Um... So we sort of translated a code that was a prophecy about the end of the world that led us directly to Adel, and we had a confrontation, and basically, if we don't deal with him, he's going to destroy the entire human world, and, well, we're against that. Everything in Britain. I see. That will... That will cause quite a calamity here as well. Yes, yes, so you understand this gravity of the situation. I do. And let us not mix words here, sir. Um, Steiner. Steiner. You mean to kill the one who created me? Yes, it's not a great situation. I... Honest, I don't know if we even can, but... Uh, he seems intent on destroying all of Britain. And as you said, that's... would have calamitous effects here, so... If, unless there's another way... We're going to try. We have to try. He looks thoughtful in a way that tells you he's pretty unhappy with the situation. Uh, it's, it's, I, I am, I'm genuinely sorry that, well, about the entire situation, but it's, it seems unavoidable. <sighs> well... I do owe you a great debt. And well... Well, if I even knew another way, I could not tell it to you, as I'm sure you all are aware by now. I promise you that if we can find a different... If there's any way other than having to destroy him, uh, we will find it. But as of right now, there seems to be no other option. Your world is too important to lose. And I will not allow my feelings to get in the way of that. I am very sorry to have to ask this. You will have what you ask. How much do you need? And do you only need it from me, or do you also require it of my daughter? Mm, I don't think we need from the daughter. I just... 
just court children, so it should just be the What's direct the lineage, right? Wording? Hold on, let me pull out the notes here. Was he? Was the exact wording? I don't think we've gotten it written down somewhere. It's it should be in the pale rider problem. It's the blood of the children. Let me see. I'm not saying. I'm not no. seeing it. Nobody bothered to write it down in there. It's the blood of the children is the phrase. Uh, well, it's. The exact phrasing was the blood of the children. We took that to mean the direct descendants, which would be, well, the court rulers. So I don't think we need blood from your daughter. It's just honestly, this can't get any more awkward, really. And as for the amount, um, hmm. What do you feel is a safe amount? What, Grant, you have a better uh, eye for these sort of ritual things than I do. Uh, I will say an amount of blood that would seem reasonable. <laughs> a small vial of blood. Less than a pint. Just, like a few... Three or four ounces, maybe? I don't know how much we need exactly. That's... Maybe we should information. just ask him for... Actually, uh, you know... Let's put this on the table and we'll figure out. We have some time. If we can figure out the exact amount we need. Very well. Then I will be in waiting. Because. Right now we have. We, we get. We've. We have. Well. We're pulling every bit of information we can, but we don't have everything. So. I understand. And it will be waiting for you. And if I may offer you a piece of advice. Uh, of course. My brother will be reticent to hand it over to you. Hmm. I would suggest playing on his pride at being better than me. I see. That is helpful. Out of and character. Well, your brother donated three ounces. Why don't you donate five and show him up, huh? <laughs> uh, I guess you're more of a coward than your brother, then. Fine. Yeah, yeah. This is all out of character. Yeah. Uh, I am, again, genuinely sorry to have to sour your reunion with this information, but it is pressing concern. It is what it is. Think nothing of it. You have done an immeasurable service to me. And you are owed in turn. My court will be open to you when you know how much you need. Thank you. Genuinely thank you. And... Ronthel will turn back to Damrall, and the two of them will actually embrace... Damrell will say, I'm going to leave you again for a while. I have a century of catching up to do with my last remaining family member. But I will not be away for so long again, I promise. And the king nods at him and returns to his throne, and that same sort of kind of tiredness settles back over him. And 
Damrell turns to all of you and sort of nods and then makes his way out of the palace. I bow to the king one more time and then yeah. turn to leave. I'll bow and leave. Uh, oh, and I made that awkward. Yeah. I I don't think there's any way that it wasn't going to be awkward. Yeah. Alright, so I mean we have one in the bag, I guess. We just need Right. Three to go. Yeah. Three to go. So Grant Harrison. Yes. The day after Amalia gets back, there's that whole thing in the fall court. You get a text message from Ashley saying, all right, I've given you seven days. Let's go. And then like the clapping emoji twice. Oh, I go, okay, there's some. No, I start erasing that because she, she, I don't know how much the DHEA knows about weird time bullshit in the Feywilds. <laughs> so I'll go, come on over, I guess. And then I tell Amalia, hey, sweetie, uh, there's somebody coming over. I guess she's my apprentice or something. I don't, I don't know. It's, Hold it's on, a, I have a question. Hmm. So did Amalia uh-huh. just immediately move back in with you then? I mean, I would have offered that. It's up to Kat if she would have taken it. But I I kind of did tell Kat that Amalia would be willing to live in L.A. for a couple of months while Grant took care of things. I feel like it would have been kind of weird to just have her go back to New York and exit the story. And I don't know where else to put her. So, yes, she is presently living with Grant. Yes. I mean, she could have been living at the at the safe house, but I imagine she probably missed him about as much as he missed her, so... Well, there's other problems with HQ, and we'll get to those later, in fact. Okay. Yeah, I, I go... I think she's my apprentice or something. I don't... It's... It's weird. I'll, I'll figure it out probably later today. I can't say I ever expected you to take an apprentice. That didn't seem like a thing you would ever do. Well, uh, the thing is, I only took her as an apprentice because she was kind of instrumental in getting you free. So it's the price I kind of had to pay for that. Ah, one of those. All right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, don't freak out, but it is Ashley Arias. Oh, yeah, we've met. Okay. (laughs) Met. She wasn't the one who did the arresting in New York, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Unless there is a reason that arresting officer was crossed out. No, Ashley is just smug enough at you that if it was her, she would have left it there. (laughs) All right. But yeah, I'll start getting things ready. And Ashley shows up. 
She is not armed when you open the door for her. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not visibly armed. You did previously see her, like, pull a gun out of her shoe. So maybe <laughs> she's armed there. But she doesn't have her big fuck-off handgun strapped to her chest right now, at the very least. Yeah, she's probably gotten a replacement for that by now. <laughs> oh, definitely. All right, I say, all right, come on in. She comes inside, and she and Amalia look at each other, and they both have kind of halfway sly looks on their faces. And Amalia says, Arius. And Ashley says, X2L. And then Ashley turns to you and says, so... How does this work? Well, first thing that works is I'm not even sure if I'm going to actually train you. I know we made a deal, but uh, in order to actually live through, go through with that deal, I need to know why you want to learn magic. And one, don't lie to me. And two, if I don't like the reason, I'm probably going to have to renege on some things. Brand, Ashley kind of half frowns at you and says, You realize if you go back on this, I know where you live. I know where she lives. We can work something else out, but I just, I need to know. And trust me, there's not a lot of things that will make me want to renegotiate on this. But I just need to know that the reason that you want to learn is not on that short list. Well, Grant Harrison, the reason why I want to learn is, despite the fact that I get along with your group okay, you and everybody like you is still a threat to everybody like me. And if I want to defend everybody like me from everybody like you, I need to know how what you can do works. And all of the texts we've managed to get a hold of aren't giving me the kind of information I need. So, I've just decided to pick it up for myself. Okay, yeah, that's not on the short list. You're using it to defend people. That is perfectly fine. I'm willing to work with that. Second thing I need to know, how deep do you want to go into this? Because I can teach you cantrips in like a weekend. That's no big deal. But if you want to go full whole hog wizard, we're going to be seeing each other for a while for the next couple of years. Well, I figure that the people who are active threats to the average populace aren't and she does actual ass finger quotes as she says this casting cantrips. So I need to know a good deal more than that. Okay, so I officially have an apprentice now. Okay, that's weird. That's super weird. All right, and third of all, uh, how fluent are you in Chinese? Why? Because I was taught by a Chinese man, and a lot of the concepts don't really translate that well into English. She just kind of stares at you for a couple seconds and then 
in absolutely perfect Mandarin says, sounds fake, but all right. All right, then. Well, we can skip the learning Mandarin part of it, at least. Okay, so... First thing you need to know. Magic is life. Uh, All right, all right. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there, Grant. Because I know what it looks like when people are getting themselves spun up to philosophize at me. I don't need to know that magic is life. I don't need to know that it's net neutral on the morality scale and that wizards are basically good people or whatever nonsense you're going to throw at me. Every interaction I've had with magic, except for precisely one, has been violence against normal people. So there's not a lot you're going to be able to do to convince me that it's a force for good or a force or a a neutral thing or whatever. Just give me the mechanics that I need. Okay. Gonna be one of those. All right. Okay. You can roll your eyes at me all you want, but the entirety of my history of interaction with magic has been wizards and A-side people abducting humans to harvest them for spell components, killing them en masse, eating them. Are you aware how little the population of magic actually does that I'll give you a hint it's probably in the single percentile digits hey uh, what do you think the percentage of gun owners is that perpetuates mass shootings hold on I'm, give me a second because Grant, Grant somebody would be got a- owned <laughs> Uh, without even needing to think about it, Grant goes, guns cannot actually legitimately create life. They can only destroy. Magic has a lot more versatility on it. And the fact that you are using the minimum of people that do bad things with it and to probably acting in self-defense against the DHEA, that's not the same as a gun owner in mass shootings. A gun cannot heal someone. A gun cannot create life. A gun can only cause harm and destroy. It's different. Fundamentally different. Not in my experience. And that's why you're coming here to me to learn. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not teaching you the blasty blasty shooty stuff right away. Because one, that's hard enough to do as it is. And two... I need you to see the other side, the side that most wizards see and just don't share with the world because of, I don't know, bullshit reasons. Like, I I keep myself hidden from the rest of the world because I work with the ravens and the ravens want discretion. I don't particularly care about staying secret. If it were up to me, I'd probably be doing actual real-ass magic out in the streets right now. But... I work with ravens. Ravens don't want people to know. Therefore, if I want a job, I need to keep myself hidden. So, you're seeing the other side first and seeing exactly how much versatility it has 
in creating and healing and helping before I start teaching you how to, I don't know, I don't know what element you attune yourself to closest first, probably electricity or fire, but I'm going to be teaching you that the other side first before I start to use, throw that out of the wand. Ah, so I was right. The wand is fake. No. No. Listen. For... (laughs) The wand can be fake. The way wizards work is that there are things that we need to do to help us cast. And most good wizards, like myself... Well, okay, I've admitted to being a shitty wizard, but even then, most wizards learn to ignore one of those particular instruments and usually they are material components hand gestures uh, verbal components and some sort of implement like a staff or a wand I was taught to ignore the material components because it's a lot easier to smuggle in a stick than it is to smuggle in like magnesium shavings and bat guano but like that all helps it's a you can com- com- cast completely still, completely silent without moving anything whatsoever, but it's a lot, lot harder, and it usually backfires pretty roughly. But I'm right that that you don't actually use the wand. Oh, I use the wand. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You've seen me use the wand every time, so I use the wand. No, I've seen you use the wand every time. I just know what it looks like when someone is brandishing an empty weapon. Did what I shoot at the psychopomp look like an empty magazine? No, but that also wasn't the usual wand. I've been using that wand for a while now. No, you, out of character, you have differentiated between your regular wand and the absolute zero wand. That's because I thought... Like, at a, at a character, I thought, like, the Absolute Zero wand could only fight uh, fire Absolute Zero stuff. If I had known that in the first place, I would have just stuck with the one wand and just been like, no, I replaced it. My other one broke or something. Or I got a... I, or not even a lie, like, to tell the truth, I just got a better one. No. No, I'm not gonna let you retroactive this one out. No, like, I... When, when you said that, uh, that... When you said that it didn't matter, like I, I thought I had started stating that I used the absolute zero wand just normally now, but you never did. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I thought nope. I did. I thought when I learned that I said that I start using the absolute zero wand for everything, but maybe I was mistaken. I'm sorry. I'm a little tired today, so <laughs> <laughs> point is, uh, Grant, Grant is going to be insistent on n- still needing to use a wand. And Ashley is going to be insistent that she knows you're lying. Does she? Hold on. Hold on. Let me pull up my uh, character sheet. <laughs> oh, oh. You it's... don't. You don't roll unless I ask you to. Does she have that move that I have where she knows when somebody's <laughs> lying? You might have. You all might not have noticed, but I have only ever allowed one of you to roll to lie to her. It wasn't Grant. Anyway, Grant will eventually go, listen, we can argue this all day, but the fact of the matter is, you want to learn 
You have a good reason to. So we'll knock out some basic stuff right now and I'll start teaching you the side that you don't usually see in magic. Because your line of work doesn't doesn't necessarily allow you to see that. She rolls her eyes, but just decides to let it ride. First thing first, we're gonna try and have you open your third eye, which is a fairly basic thing to do. It doesn't take very long to learn, and it can be extremely helpful in certain situations, such as seeing invisible monsters, which... I'm sure you would greatly appreciate in your particular career. Wow, you could not have said that word with any more venom, could you? I could have. I could have said it with a little more venom. Either way, usually when you start to open up your third eye, you choose a particular phrase word. When I chose mine, I was much younger and (laughs) thought it was funny. And I know you're going to laugh when you hear me say it. So when you hear me say it, just get it all out of your system right away. Grant puts his hand up to his forehead. Peekaboo. And removes his hand and doesn't appear to change to her, but that's because she also doesn't. She does not have a third eye active. Go ahead. So she takes her glasses off and like puts them up in her hair and she pinches the bridge of her nose and just. (sighs) I was 16. I thought it was funny. I didn't know it'd be sticking with me for the next three centuries. I'm sorry. You plan on living that long? And she takes her glasses out of her hair and puts them back on her face. Says, continue. So, in order to do this, you need to channel the energies into you and be able to think about seeing beyond what your eyes are telling you. And when you do this, it opens up an entire realm of possibilities. Now, in order, now I did say you have to learn how to channel that into you, and I'm about to teach you how to do that, but for third eye purposes, you barely need to do that. Like, it's it's such a natural, easy thing that I'm sure I could go to Steiner and teach him this in an afternoon. I just, I've been I, meaning I, to, actually. I I. I have to under I have to know. Is three centuries how long you plan on living, or is that the actual hard reset for the passphrase? Like if you make it three centuries, do you get like <laughs> ding, you cannot reach who is your passphrase? <laughs> it's the actual length. Grant has calculated that he's probably going to live even after the sixty year life debt. <laughs> Alright. And so at this point, Grant will start teaching Ashley how to draw in, you know, life force and to choose a past phrase that won't make her feel fucking utterly embarrassed 10 years from now. 
and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to open up her third eye. All right, so it it takes her a while to come to a decision. But the word she ultimately settles on is Sampung. It's a lot better than my word. <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but it's a lot better than my word. Are you actually saying that in character? No, I'm, I'm saying out of character. Like, that's, okay. that's what, what is it? Like, also out of character, what does that mean? It's not anything you would know in character. Okay. It's a, it's a thing in South Korea. Ah, uh, okay. All right. And so when she opens up her... Well, hold on. Hold on. Because, okay. see, the thing is, is that even after picking the word and after hours of trying, she isn't fucking getting it. She's got some kind of block, and she expresses this to you, where she can't... And she waves her hands in the air like this is some woo horse shit that she's having to say out loud and kind of resents. Feel the energy. Hmm. Uh. Hmm. That's interesting because I taught you that. I taught you how you're supposed to do it, and it seemed like you were getting it. But you say you can't feel it? Not at all. Huh. Like, like I understand the words that you are using to tell me how to do it, but it's... It's, you're, you're asking me to move a muscle that I can't even really believe exists at this point. I have no idea what I'm supposed to move inside of myself to do this well here's the thing another thing about magic is that you need kind of an unwavering belief that you can do it and even in order to do new things you have to kind of have the idea that you've done this a million million times before and that you've got it down packed because the, when you don't do it, that's when magic either just straight up doesn't work or starts glitching. And we'll get to the glitches later, trust me. But you kind of need to believe that you've done this before and that you've done it a hundred times before, that you've done it a thousand times before. Because that's just how magic is, is belief. Belief is a major part of it. Well, I haven't, and I don't, because I very plainly haven't. This is the first time I'm hearing this concept. I can't lie to myself here. You're gonna need to learn to. That's part of it. So this entire thing is just completely irrational, then? A little bit. The rules, Christ. The, the rules governing magic are a bit wibbly wobbly, bit inconsistent, more like guidelines. And even then, guidelines is very, very big fire quotes there. But you 
kind of need to believe that you've done this before and that you need to lie to yourself that yes, I've done this before and it will work. For, forgive me for not bringing that up earlier. It's my first time trying to actually teach somebody this stuff. See, that's, ah. Uh, that's not how it works for me. That's not how my brain works. I can't do that. I need, I need experiences. I need tangible things that I can feel. If I may touch your forehead. Uh, you're going to need to justify that one to me. I'm going to open it up for you. And in order to do that, I need to touch your forehead and I'm asking for consent. I'm not just going to go out and touch you without your permission. I am going to draw my gun and put it to your chest. And if this goes wrong, you are going to die. Yeah, fair enough. She reaches down and pulls a small gun out of her shoe. Yep. And I'm going to place my hand on her forehead. And I say, what word did you say? Sampung. Brant will say that and try to get the magic in in her flowing. So that way she can kind of maybe feel how it's supposed to go and open up her third eye. All right, well, throw me the roll. Yep. That's eight. That's uh, eight. Glitch, 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 glitch. Let's go with the effect is of short duration. Like it's weird, me. It's weird for me to open up someone else's third eye. So it works, but then like it doesn't work. Like after maybe a ha- half a second. Mm-hmm. By the way, is uh, is your fox and I still open right now? Yes. Hmm. Okay. So, it does in fact work, and she full body flinches as you cast the spell, but you are not shot. She's got enough discipline to not invert your chest cavity. Okay. I go... Oh, yeah, my third eye probably looks a little weird, doesn't it? You look like you have antlers. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, does mine look like that? I I can't see my own forehead. So. Uh, I mean, no, it doesn't. It just sort of looks like a symbolic, like a hieroglyphic eye to me okay well alright so I felt that alright so I'll close my third eye so that way you aren't so freaked out again where's the baby again please get it out of your system right now you're gonna be hearing that a lot oh so I need two words not necessarily. I just, uh, it helps to differentiate them. Huh. 
All right. Sure. Uh, I guess... Hit me again. The word is 502. Okay. Bramp puts the... His palm on her forehead and says the word and then pulls it back. And yeah, she again just kind of full body flinches at that and just blinks a couple times. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Okay. I think I'm getting the feel for how that's supposed to go. Alright, so try it again. And she puts her own hand on her forehead and just it takes her a few minutes and you can see that she's her eyes are closed but they're like shifting like she is thinking hard and her muscles keep tensing and untensing like she is trying to physically make a grab at something but eventually she just kind of full body relaxes and says Sampung and she takes her hand off her forehead and says alright well I can't see anything in this room to know if it worked or not hey Malia uh, put your glamour on I know you hate that in private but it's just to help out here Blar. I know I know I'll make it up to you find the stupid thing and she has to like <laughs> go like go off to the bedroom and root through the end table for a, a full minute <laughs> she does come back with it on alright I'll look over at her and I go she's wearing it right now she appears to be a Chinese woman right now what do you see oh Interesting. Welcome to the world of the weird, Ashley Arius. Good job, idiot. You've just taught ICE how to identify illegals on sight, you fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. She would still need proof to bring proof with to her squadmates, and then... No, she the- doesn't! <laughs> She actually kind of does. She needs to be able to present evidence because if she's just able to say, hey, that person is an A-sider, they'll ask, how do you know? And if she says, oh, my magic third eye just lets me see through their glamour, uh, she's going to jail. Okay, that's Because she's a wizard now. And guess what? Daddy would not protect her. She can pick them out now. She can pick them out, and it can... She can pick them out now. Which is why she is having that particular reaction to this new piece of information. Now, here's the thing. You can see through glamours now. And let me tell you, the population that you think is composed of people from the green is a lot more than you think. And when you see how many there are out there, I just want you to think how many of them you actually do arrest and how many of them actually deserve it. Instead of just being arrested 
for daring to exist. You're talking about being able to throw fire and lightning at people as a sort of one step above basic. I'm not saying that there aren't bad people from the green out there, but what I am saying is that most of them just want to live nice, quiet lives over here and just want to be left alone and enjoy Earth for what it is because they feel like their own world doesn't really get them. And the fact that you guys are arresting people who just would never even think of using those abilities like that. Don't you think that's a little fucked up? Don't you think that that's a little unfair? And I know, I know, the world isn't fair. The world isn't sunshine and rainbows. But, like, that's unfair even by unfair standards. I'm not especially interested in fairness in any sort of cosmic sense here. Point is... No, you listen. Here's what the point is. You're so interested in human crime statistics. How many interviews have you seen with the neighbors of serial killers who have said, oh, they were so nice and unassuming and friendly before they carved up a couple dozen people in their basement? Again, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But statistically, how many people are serial killers? That's a number that she would know that I, out of character, do not. <laughs> and I, you know what? It's probably fairly low. Probably. And so uh, Grant will go, okay, yeah. And so... Assuming that it is a one-to-one, just why do you think it's okay to lock up everyone just because they might be a serial killer? In that case, you might as well go to downtown. might as well go outside of my apartment and arrest everybody that's walking down the street right now just because they might be serial killers. Except... Human serial killers can't do what you can do and what they can do. There are degrees of scale here that demand different sets of actions. And that's what the Ravens are trying to do. Really? I mean, as far as I know, I'm a fairly new official member to the organization, but... Everything I've seen Emery and Magpie do, they definitely would want to help get rid of those ones that are awful. And that's the ones that we most, that's mostly the ones that we take care of. Sometimes we actually have fun with our charges. Uh, there's some witches that we met a couple months ago. They were fun to hang out with. We had a nice night. They went back to where they came from after that. Yeah, that sounds super nice. But I've been interacting with the Ravens for a lot longer than you have. I know the New York cell is kind of 
special case. No, no, no. I'm not just talking about them. Honestly, you've probably interacted with way more than I have. I just mean a sort of general philosophy of you people. What have you done to actually stop this from being a problem? Again, I'm pretty new, so I wouldn't know. Hmm. Well, I'm not pretty new, so I do know. So let me tell you, absolutely nothing since you were founded. Yeah, that does sound like an issue. But at least we don't throw innocent people in jail just for crime of not being human. I think we're done for today. I think we're done for today. Uh, I will show her out politely. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as she's well, not as soon as she's gone, because I don't want her hearing it through the door, but uh, like a couple minutes after she's done, I sit on the couch and I go, God, I hate that woman. <laughs> Avalia flops down onto the couch next to you and puts her arms around you and says, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, this is going to be exhausting three plus years. Lord, the both of you. Grant does look at it, look at her and goes, you were worth it, though. I'm glad to hear it. All right. So, after trudging through all that heavy shit, Roxanne, it's time for something maybe a little more lighthearted. Good. I hope you're not here to emotionally destroy me today. No, I'm not here to emotionally destroy you. I am here to maybe put you into a bit of a nonsense situation. I do like nonsense. <laughs> well, good. Because this is some nonsense. Specifically, the nonsense is is that it's been a couple of days since you all recovered Magpie's dad. He is living in the house now, and that's kind of a problem. Ah. Because now there are too many people in this house. Hmm. Because, one, Emery wants to give Damarl his own room. Oh, that there was are the no... other situation with the living in the safe house. Got it. Yeah, but there are no other bedrooms because the master bedroom is currently being used as the armory and also despite the fact that Blackbird is just like extremely baby Damarl isn't super okay with him sharing a room with Magpie so now there's two people who don't have bedrooms and Emery has called a house meeting to figure out what the fuck they're going to do about this. Mm. <laughs> and to be quite frank, 
they don't have any ideas. Hmm. So we have three bedrooms plus the master bedroom, right? Correct. Yep. I mean, I'm kind of really asking that out of character because obviously, obviously, Roxanne would know that. But yeah. Yep. Yep. Is it time for Roxanne to once again give up having her own bedroom? <laughs> I mean, that's only slightly not an issue. Like, Roxanne probably wouldn't mind sharing a bedroom with Blackbird. That's like, that's fine. Whatever. Roxanne also has, like, a cat. <laughs> and. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, like, how much of an issue has Blackbird being, you know, a giant bird been, what, with there being two cats in the house? Milo is kind of an older cat, so he's pretty chill. He's just really snuggly, so that hasn't been a problem. And Cora is baby, and she is a hunter. Like, she is one generation removed from a hunting wildcat. So Blackbird has just kind of taken it upon herself to be on the opposite side of the house from Aunt Cora as often as possible. Hmm. You've put me in kind of a nonsense situation and I don't know how to nonsense my way out. This is maybe the most freeform scenario I've ever concocted. I just came up with a premise. What if I... <laughs> what if I just try and fucking use angel magic to make an, e- to make an extra room or two? <laughs> <laughs> Considering I can put a hole in things. Huh... That'd be a move, alright. Look, the place isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Like, okay, this is where the fucking SoCal Ravens are all holed up. I don't think anything, I don't think the house is going to change hands anytime soon. Just fucking try and TARDIS this thing up, you know? Make it bigger on the inside. Okay, okay, I'm pretty here for this. So, what walls are you going to magically knock out to create rooms behind? Hmm. Okay, so which room is which, I guess? Alright, so that's the ground floor on the left and the top floor on the right. Right. Lower right-hand corner is your bedroom. This long one is Magpie's. This big one over here is the master. And this one down here on the first floor is Emery's. This one right here? Yep. What is this room? That is a closet. That's a big closet. This is, maybe isn't drawn perfectly to scale. It is sort of based on my memories of... A house that I used to live in IRL. Fair enough. See, I just thought you, like, stole this floor plan off of, like, the internet. Nope. And I assume this is, like, a balcony or something? That's a closet. There's nothing right here. 
Then, correct, there are empty spaces of walls in the master bedroom with mm. nothing behind them. Well, I mean, the master bedroom is an armory. If we could make the extra space into the armory, then we would have, you know, presumably a bedroom to use. And this right here. That's the garage. This is the garage. So... I guess it doesn't have to be on the second floor, does it? Doesn't have to be, no. What if it is a extra-dimensional apartment above the garage? <laughs> okay, sure. Or we could turn the big closet into a room somehow. They've got a portal, and that could theoretically lead into some sort of indefinite space. It's just about tricking reality here. Yeah. So... Yeah. Let's use the door to the closet. Got it. So, question. Mm -hmm. What words are you using? Oh, fuck. To create these rooms. Okay, you are asking me for something that I cannot give you in such a short amount of time. Huh. You know what? I feel like maybe I should ask somebody's opinion before I just try and fucking do this. Okay. So... Maybe I should go to Elysium and ask for an opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't ask me why I'm doing this, but I need your help figuring out how to do something. <laughs> All right. I have another important question for you. Which angel? Which angel? See. Yeah, boy. Yell boy, yell boy, yell boy. Actually, I feel like the one to ask about this, I feel like the one that is least going to get on my case about this, actually. Let's go with that. Uh huh. It's post its. I mean, they all like you. Probably yes. none of them are going to get on your case per se, but. Yes, but... Okay, post-its. Post-its also gets the least screen time. Post-its isn't around very much, mostly because she doesn't talk. But I feel like somebody who has to speak, who has to write every thought down, might have a better idea about properly formulating a sentence and getting the desired effect out. Okay, right on. It's much harder to communicate and convey intent through text than it is through speech, where intonation and other types of subtle things exist. So that's my logic there. Yeah, that's pretty valid. Although, considering one of the people 
one of the angels also doesn't really intone their voice at all and just yells. <laughs> Post-its it is. Post-its it is. All right. So you can fix the image of Post-its in your mind and teleport straight to her. Yeah. And try to do it in the least surprising way possible. And you find her just sort of hanging out in some little far-off corner of Elysium. Just, well, it's hard to say that she's staring, because her head doesn't have eyes in it. She appears to just be kind of staring at one of the suns in the sky. I forgot that there were multiple suns. No, you didn't. I've forgotten to mention it every single time you've been here. Oh. <laughs> I definitely knew that and just forgot. <laughs> How many suns are in the sky? Tell me. Two. Nice. There's one that has the same kind of relative position that ours does on Earth. It's like way out in the distance and it's like off the rim of Elysium. And then there's another that's just kind of like directly above the big building in the center. Ah. And which one is she staring at? The one above the big building in the center. (laughs) I'm just going to show up and say, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's bad for your eyes. She doesn't look away from the sun, but a couple of her hands tap out. That's fine. I don't have eyes to damage. I, 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 I know I was making a joke. Um, I know, and I am giving you the ribbings. <laughs> so, I have a puzzle I'm trying to solve, I guess. Oh, I love puzzles. Mm. (laughs) Save your excitement until after I tell you what I'm trying to do. Oh, but I don't know how to be much else besides excited. So, I'm trying to create a space that shouldn't technically exist because I... I have too many roommates. I have too many roommates. And basically, this is an issue. And I wanted to attempt to do this because it's a relatively mm, low stakes problem to try and solve. But when I was thinking of if I were to try and say something in the language to make it true, I couldn't come up with exactly what I wanted to say that didn't seem like that it would get me what I want. And I thought, if anybody knew how to, you know, properly formulate a thought to get across meaning, it would be you. Okay. So, how's that for a puzzler? Well, 
She actually carves out <laughs> into a tablet. Adorable. So, the first and most important thing, if you are trying to build a permanent space, is how hard you say what you're going to say. Okay. Because if you say something softly, that makes it more temporary. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. Um... <sighs> In theory, this is just going to be there forever and ever. So I'm not worried about it. this being finite. So the way that that works for me is she holds up two tablets and she starts carving the same word into them but one of them is much bigger she is literally writing the word bigger on the tablet I mean that's one way to emphasize something she gets all the way through both of them except for the last character and then she very carefully makes sure that both of them complete at the same time and then the word resolves in your head for both of them, and it's broken. And it's sort of like broken in all lowercase letters, and then broken in all uppercase letters with three exclamation points. And the one in all lowercase just kind of cracks and chips, and the other one shatters into 50 pieces. I see. Yeah, that, um, that's a pretty good tactile demonstration, I guess. Not tactile, what's the word? Anyway. The other thing is that simpler concepts are easier to work with. So, if you're trying to make a bedroom, space is easier than room. Hmm. Right. Okay. But what about dimensions, I guess? How do you define a finite space, then? Well, in your case, since you're saying it aloud, your intentions will carry through in your word. Now, if you want exact dimensions, you'll need to say those. But if you are just conveying the idea of a room-sized space... When you say space, that will carry through. I see. Okay, okay. No, no, this makes perfect sense now. Okay, I think I'm getting it. So if I wanted to say, create a space behind a doorway, as long as I have the intent clearly in my head, it should work? That will carry you through most of it, yeah. The other important thing is that when you're trying to do something like this, you want to use descriptive language. There is a space here. You want to imprint it onto the world. I got it. 
Okay, okay. So it's less telling something else what is happening. It's more stating what is true. Exactly. Okay, okay. I think... I think I get it. She does fist pumps with all 50 of her hands. <laughs> I put Roxanne puts up both of her hands to do a double high five. Each hand is high fived 25 times each. No, no, no. What you should do is you should t- change it to your many hand form so that way you can raise eight hands. Shit, you're right. <laughs> that happens instead. <laughs> That's a way better idea. Damn it, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Then the high fives are more divided, but you still get one high five from every hand. (sighs) Alright, so I'm going to go try this then. I'm not going to ask for a lot because I know what I'm going to do, and it's going to work perfectly. I believe in you. Me too. Thank you for help, by the way. Always. Roxanne's going to go back to the house, and she's going to clear out the closet before she tries this. Probably good if you are overriding that space with another. You don't want to lose everything that's in there. Yeah, she just clears everything out, and now the hallway is just full of stuff that was in the closet. Yep. Storage containers, a vacuum, winter blankets. Everybody in the house has gathered around to see what you're doing. Don't put too much pressure on me now. (laughs) So Roxanne pictures very clearly a room in her head that is basically the dimensions of her room but with the Mm -hmm. door in a different spot, I guess, probably. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just says very clearly in the angelic language, there is a space behind this door while picturing it in her head. All right. I would like a weird roll, please. (laughs) <laughs> I believe in you. Well, belief doesn't matter because we are leaving this up to random chance. Here we go. Thirteen. It was never random. I knew you could do it. You believed the dice into existence. Yes. So, with the door closed, there is no external change and there isn't like a sudden shifting of stuff from yours and magpie's room as shit gets shoved out of the way of a new room manifesting in there when you open it up there is what is basically an unfurnished copy of your bedroom with the door in a slightly different location Here's a question. Uh-huh. Is there a window? Yes. 
Roxanne looks out the window to try and figure out where she is looking out from. It... Well... The window definitely exists right now. It definitely exists right now? Yeah, while you're looking through it, while you've got your head poked out of it, there's definitely a window here. This completely irrational space. Well... Huh. That... That worked, I I guess? Yeah. I mean, I knew it was going to work. I, I, I got advice from a very excellent teacher. But, uh... Yeah. We're now plus one, one room. Oh, all right. Um... Can you do it again? Yes, yes, I can. I just need to think for a moment. We kind of don't have a closet now. I, we we can put all of this stuff in the armory? Yeah. Yeah, I just need to sort of rethink this now. Like, I've done this with a door. If I were to put another door here, where would I put it? I can do it again. Where should I put the door? Um, well, there there isn't really much room for a door in here in the hallway. Can, I guess, how, how directly can you make rooms overlap? I mean, I just made a room over where there was a closet. And I think... Theoretically, if you were to go bust down the walls of my room right now, that closet might still just be there. So, I mean, in theory, this is just a completely irrational space that I've just made right here. So, yeah, I could make, you know, we can make this as non-Euclidean as it needs to be. Uh, all right then. Um, one of the walls of my my bedroom has a free space. So just okay. Okay. So y'all can tromp downstairs and basically just around the corner from the door to Emery's bedroom, there is a space that is completely unoccupied. Hmm. So I think what I'm going to say this time is a slightly altered version of what I was going to say here. What I said before. Mm-hmm. Roxanne real quickly just like opens the door and looks in Emery's room with their permission. Uh-huh. Just to like get the idea in her head of the like 3D space. Pictures a door in front of her pictures the room behind it an empty version of that room and basically says like there is a door here a space exists beyond it that is separate from hmm I get what you're saying I want to word this right is the thing yeah right right there is a space beyond it that overlaps but does not intersect yes 
that's the word. There is a door here. There is a space beyond it that she pictures in her head that overlaps but does not intersect. And notably, this time, the room does not have windows. Just to (laughs) save that headache of there being two windows in the same spot. And theoretically, if they were both open... Two people stuck their heads out of the same window at the same time? Yes. Yeah, that might cause a segmentation fault in reality. She's probably going to sometime later go back upstairs and get rid of that other window. Like, (laughs) it just... (sighs) There are less headaches if that window does not exist. Fair. Would you like me to roll again? (laughs) But now at a plus one, because you've actually had some real practice with this. Okay. Let's see how this goes. Oh, literally one more than the last roll. (laughs) A 14. See? See? I believed in you. The important thing was not that you believed in me, or that I believed in the you that believes in me, but I believed in the me that believed in myself. Correct. I literally did the impossible. You've kicked reason to the curb. (laughs) Yeah, it is frame perfect. The instant you complete your sentence, there is a door on the wall. It doesn't fade in. It doesn't sort of like melt out of the wall. It's just, it's there. Just out. Everybody looks a little freaked out. Roxanne throws her fists in the air. She probably <laughs> hasn't even thought to go back to, like, two-arm form, so there's just, you know, eight fists in the air. Blackbird gives you celebratory hugs. Damn, I'm good. So Emery will open up the door to this new room and sort of look around inside of it. And yeah, it's basically a completely unfurnished windowless version of their room. Yeah, I decided it would probably be a good idea if there weren't any windows this time. It, yeah, all right. It's probably better if you don't think about it. I will do exactly that. Yeah. So... Who wants which room, I guess, is the only question now. (laughs) I feel like Blackbird wants the upstairs room because they want to be close to their best friends. That's expected. And adorable. Which I think means that Damrol is going to take the new room downstairs. The new downstairs room. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a question. Is Damarol staying permanently? Or, you know what? I guess it's a question for later. Yeah. For the moment, he doesn't really have anywhere else to go. That is somebody else's problem. <laughs> Valid. Roxanne whips out her phone and texts Grant, I am the best wizard ever. No, I didn't do what you think I did. 
Brand says, I mean, you're probably a better wizard than I am, so. No, don't be self deprecating. You are ruining my moment. <laughs> so, let me take a quick look through. Last couple sets of rolls. Oh, right. Also, Grant you, did have a six. I already at added one point. The, uh, yeah, I already added the experience point to that. Did you level based on that? No. All right. Though you should, we should probably do my beginning of game rolls and close. Yes. The beginning of game roll. Good catch. Let me get the pre-game rolls, all three of them. Okay, so I... Okay, I... I forget what I roll for uh, the person with the plan. Hold on, I have it written down. Pretty sharp? I think it's sharp, but I'm going to double-check that. Yes, plus sharp. So I'll roll that first, since I just clicked sharp anyway. Seven, so I get one hold. I got Nine, so I got averages on both my initiate and the person with the plan. Noted. And can you add my one hold to the initiative tracker for that? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I completely cleared that because oh. I expected to fill it up during Ohio, but I'll fill that up <laughs> it's, later. It's fine. I can't wait until I fuck up rolling the person with the plan because then you get to have fun with that. It and, never happened the first time I took it. And you don't have many more opportunities to fuck it up. No. Because the end of this session marks the end of Act 3. Starting next session, we are moving into Act 4, and we have six hunts remaining. Is that including the last one? Before December 3rd. 21st rolls around. Wow. See, we need to definitely crack down on the weakness. I know I know the workaround to can use their wings as a shield. It's just that we need to uh, work on getting Morton's memory back. Oh, I keep forgetting to say that. He has his memory back. Oh! (laughs) When? That just sort of happened at some point, and I completely forgot to mention it. Oh. Sometime in the last, like, week or two. Oh, week okay. What? <laughs> okay, we need to go to Morton about using the forge to make weapons out of the fucking wretch claws. Yeah, no, just having an easy life in Steiner's lab for a couple of weeks has brought it back to him. He made the forge for the King of Fall. And got okay. fucked up by the King of Spring and Retribution is okay. how that went. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, mystery solved. We know where to find the forge, and now we can go make weapons made out of the claws. Uh, 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 All right. Um, let's see. We've got. Wow, we're gonna need another sword. favor. Yeah. Uh, sword. We've. We can fix wounds with uh, the death magic now, so that's solved. Uh, we need to work on Roxanne, on can teleport like Roxanne, but way faster. And uh, 
to Roxanne Fragments as backup. You need to figure out your brainworm problem. Well, I know the brainworm problem. I know how to solve that. I just need to find out the next step in getting the whole solution. So, like, once once that's done, then we can solve the brainworms. But, like, we need we absolutely need to make progress on the uh, teleportation and the uh, Roxanne fragments. Well, that'll have to be something for another day, because... Next time is Hunt, and true to form for new act hunts, it's going to be a little ridiculous. Yay! I love the ridiculous hunts. The last time we did a ridiculous hunt, we weaponized an anomaly. (laughs) It's so good. Wait, which was the last ridiculous hunt? The Tripadero. I, I guess technically that wasn't a ridiculous hunt. Uh, I guess the ridiculous hunt was the Oblex. Ah. <laughs> yeah, Homestuck. So, look forward to that. Look forward to me bringing in definitely one, maybe two NPCs, depending on some of Grant's actions. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. And until that time, thank you for playing players, and thank you for listening, listeners. Thank you for running the game, Game Runner. Yeah. I hope you all will have a good rest of your one. I refuse. I will never have a good anything. No. <laughs> <laughs>